Hey, boys and girls. It's your favorite fat man at the front desk, Jason Modcast founder David K. Montoya, and I interrupt this fantastic, stupendous podcast with these important messages. Starting February 2nd, the Jason Modcast network is going to be black. It's going to be black for the following 27 days. That's right. For the entire month of February, we're going black. Uh, and But we will be back March 1st. Uh, we've got some things that we need to get caught up on, you know, with the holidays behind us now. It's just time to get caught up. And, you know, plus I'm working on this little cartoon thing. It, it kind of put a little bit of my attention. Not, not a real big deal. But for an added bonus, though, two shows will continue to go on, even though the rest of the, of the other podcast shows are going to be going black. On Tuesdays, the boys from the Great White North, the movie Madhouse, will continuing to run their regular show and then as an added bonus Fridays you'll get to hear my fat ass talk for a little while as we go and we enjoy the flashback Fridays and then like I said February 2nd to February 28th no added shows that means no scene red no uh, tree frog expose cafe or who's the boss what we think uh, don't get us started. So those shows will be returning. Then on March 1st, which is a Saturday, we start things right back up with what we think. And then from then until next year, we'll be running straight and smooth. So I just wanted to give you folks a heads up. And just to let you know, because we got some time before February 2nd, but I don't want you going to your favorite iTunes or your Stitcher trying to find a new podcast and like what happened so there you go all right that's it from this end this is your favorite fat man at the front desk david k montoya and now enjoy this fantastic jason modcast show and now enjoy this free jason modcast show Welcome to Flashback Fridays. I'm your host, David K. Montoya. Happy New Year to everybody out there, and welcome to the year 2014. I know, it's almost like living in a novel, you know. I remember as a little boy, I read the uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, and then what did they come out with, like a 2010, which was, what, four years ago, but, you know, I was a little boy, and I was like, oh, you know, the year 2000. Ooh, you know, but enough with the reminiscing, we're here because we're all about flashbacks. That's right. I've got the Wayback Machine all tuned up and ready to go, and we're going to find out what three podcasts we're going to listen to. Now, this is their first time listening to the podcast. What we do here is we have a big old bucket full of all the podcasts that we've created here on the Jason Modcast Network. And I pull three podcasts, 
and I will give you a brief synopsis of what the podcast is. We listen to it, and then we move on to the next one, and we do this for three hours. Three hours of audio entertainment. So anyway, let's go ahead and just get right into business. Since there's really nothing going on, let's go ahead and get this pot going. Give it a good little shake here, folks. <clears throat> Be like James Bond. Shaken, not stirred. Okay. So, the first podcast of this week is... Let's see. Don't Get Us Started 15. And it is titled, In the Barn House. Released November 28, 2015, and the synopsis reads, On this Thanksgiving day, Sadie and Lacey pick up where they left off, last week, talking about food, and then they get into a conversation about farm life as they both grew up on the farm. And of course this says, Happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners. Well, obviously it was recorded uh, before Thanksgiving, but released on Thanksgiving day. So sit back and relax and enjoy don't get us started, number 15. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Welcome to Don't, Don't Get, get us, us Started. Well, here Happy we are. Happy Thanksgiving. It, it is Thanksgiving. Our show is airing on Thanksgiving Day. For those of you who are in the kitchen slaving over your... Uh, Hot stove. Whatever. Or, you know, your tofurkey or your... Or in the bathroom getting ready pan, to go to somebody else's house. Or that. Or maybe on the way to a restaurant where you can have somebody else cook for you and not have to worry about it. I don't think I'd like that personally. No, because I enjoy cooking. Well, it's not so much that I enjoy the cooking, which I do. That's not so much the thing as much as it is then you don't have the, like, leftovers. I love the leftovers. (laughs) Everybody loves the leftovers, you know. We can have... That's why I always insist, Thanksgiving be at my house. (laughs) Turkey sandwiches, turkey tacos, which is a big favorite at our house. And all sorts of leftover turkey stuff. So I don't think I would enjoy going to a restaurant for Thanksgiving, per se. I, too, would like to be able to, yeah, cook my own bird and, you know. And besides that, you're not going to get exactly what your traditional Thanksgiving is at a restaurant. Well, this is true. Although they go out of their way to be, uh, you know, fairly traditional in their offerings. I've been looking at some of the ads, you know, and, the, the, you know, they got the, the turkey, the potatoes, the gravy. <clears throat> Not in the quantities. Gravy. I mean, gravy is is almost made in a bathtub in our house. Uh huh. That's the golden. Yeah, gravy is is an essential. Plus the giblets. I I told you on the way yeah. to the gym. I I bought extra turkey giblets at the store where I bought my turkey because we really like a lot of giblets in our gravy. And when I got home, I realized that I actually wound up spending more for the giblets <laughs> than I did for the whole fucking turkey. It was amazing. But I, they had a big deal going on for the turkey, you know. You spend a little and you get a little. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, and not so much on the giblets. So that was kind of where that came from. But it's okay because I them. have, well, and I actually, I bought, twice as many giblets as I really needed. Right. So technically, I didn't spend as much for the giblets as I did the turkey that will be consumed on thank- at our Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And I have giblets. I'll have giblets left over for so another they- meal when I can make 
throughout the year. Again, because we're just into gravy. What can I tell you? Uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, our listeners can be doing anything from laying on the couch wondering why they ate the whole thing. Uh huh. Bye bye. Baby. See, See ya. ya. Bye. Baby's gonna go night night. That's good. <laughs> To, they're either laying on the couch, groaning and moaning and, and have yet to eat the pumpkin pie, or maybe they have eaten the uh-huh. pumpkin pie, or they're in the throes of preparing or anything in between the two. So we hope you're having a good, good day or had a good day, good meal, good food, good God. And good company. Yeah, and all that. And for those of you who are not so well off and not celebrating the holiday, our hearts go out to you, too, and hope that in spite of whatever your problems may be, you can still find something to be thankful for. There's always something to be thankful for, even with the darkest cloud hanging over your head. Well, sometimes it's hard to find that thing, but yes. yeah, I agree with you. Um, but then my life is peaches and cream right now, too. If I was uh, down and out, I might not be so willing to, to feel that way, but... Anybody that's down and out, you're not alone. No. We're we're there for you in spirit, if not in actual deed. And if you left next door to me, I'd bring you over dinner. You'd totally be welcome. <laughs> totally be welcome. You wouldn't be hungry. No. That's for sure. No. I told Lacey I had to go to three different stores to get everything I need for Thanksgiving dinner. And I still didn't get everything I need. I still have to go to one more store because everybody wants too much for celery. And I'm going to wind up spending more driving to a to a store where it's cheaper than I would if I just bought it in a higher price store to start <laughs> with, probably. But it's the principle of the thing. So I'll probably go to the 99 cent store and see what they've got for celery. But um, other than that, I've got enough food in my house right now to feed a small army for at least a month. <laughs> you know, and there's only two of us. But I just it's just kind of the way I shop. I, I do stock our pantry quite often, um, and I don't know. I think it comes from the being the, that's the way I was raised. Yeah. You know, we always, Mother always wanted to make sure she had backups for everything. Right. You know, for every contingency, and believe me, she could imagine all sorts of contingencies. Right. And I sort of learned to, to do things that way, too, so. Me on the other hand, we shop on a budget, so yeah. it's well, as I've needed. had to do that in the past. I've totally been on a big budget in the past, but fortunately right now, we're in, things are not quite so tight, so I can afford to stock my my pantry. And then it's, it's interesting because uh, at least once, and I think twice a year, the post office collects food mm-hmm. for... Uh, I think at Easter time and... Right around this time, too. I thought so, yeah. that Well, they just did. In September or October, they did. Uh, and so anything that I've bought for my pantry, you know, in the last four or five months and hasn't got used, usually goes into that bag. Right. So it's still good, but it's obviously something I didn't really need to have. Right. You know, like... Instead I'll, of wasting it, well, you're giving it to good use. Yeah, and instead of buying... Two cans of diced tomatoes, I'll get six cans because they're six for a buck or, right. you know, whatever. And I don't really need six cans right. of diced tomato because, again, there are only two of us and we're old, so we don't eat a lot. Right. But, you know, old habits die hard. <laughs> so 
Anyhow, the, it doesn't go to waste. It does get recycled and used and all of that good stuff. Yeah, you brought us stuff. Oh, well, yeah, that come to think of it. Yeah, because there was stuff I didn't want, and I figured you might. So, yeah, why not? Yes. Share the bounty, I always say. Yeah, you came over with a pickle bag of stuff for us. Yeah, well, you know why? Because we like to try treats, mm -hmm. not treats, but snacks mm -hmm. and treats. That's what we used to call them for the dog. More treats. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, we get, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for, well, f first of all, for spontaneous shopping. That's mm -hmm. not what they call it. What do they call it when you when you pick up everything in the store? I it means you're going to the grocery store hungry. No, yeah, well, that, yeah, <laughs> bad idea. You know, they always say go with the list and go, don't go hungry. I go with the list. I always go with the list because I've always got a list going. But, I, you know, just because it's not on the list doesn't mean shit. Spontaneous, mm -hmm. that's the word. Spontaneous. I'm, I'm a spontaneous shopper. And on top of that, I read the ads. I don't always um, cut out the coupons and stuff, but I do read those ads, uh -huh. you know. So I'll go, oh, that sounds like something interesting, you know, some kind of cracker that's new and But exciting. if you go shopping with your husband, you're not like that. If well, you go shopping by yourself, you're more out to look. I, I, I do look. I dawdle longer without Ernie. Although he is a big shopper. You mm -hmm. gotta know this about this guy. He is, he was born to shop. The man, it's odd because I'll say, well, I've got a list going for the grocery store this weekend. Shall I go now and get it out of the way? Like, no, or wait. do you want to go this weekend? No, I want to go with you. <laughs> okay. So we'll go on the weekend. And he does, he loves to go up and down the aisles too. He's not one of those, like, guys can be, where it's like, okay, well, we got the bread and milk and eggs, let's, uh -huh, go. let's go. Yeah, no, that's not like him at all. No, he likes to, to meander, but not as much as I do. Right. I am, I, I stop and read labels and things and look at the pictures and, oh my God, I'm, on, I'm in the store for hours sometimes. It's ridiculous. Where did I park my car? <laughs> Fortunately, I got a boinker so I can go boink. My car goes, and then I know where it is. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to, both of us tend to pick out new, like I bought some new potato chips the other day, new to us. Um, in our area right now, in Southern California, they're marketing these flavored Lay's potato chips. Mm -hmm. Well, I got some chicken and waffles I brought over to you guys because I thought, The kids didn't even like them. Nasty. We threw them away. They didn't even like them. No. I don't doubt that a bit. They were nasty. I gave one to Zoe, and she gave them this horrible, like I, I just fed her I know. They were nasty. Cayenne they pepper. Were, they sort of tasted sweet, like they had maple syrup on uh -huh. them, which, you, you know, okay, waffle, chicken and waffle. But there was no chickeny nothing about no. them, and and there wasn't enough of a contrast in flavors for no. me to make it taste like yeah. chicken and waffles. If the kids didn't like them at my house, it's no good. Right. Well, then they had they have a basil and tomato one, which I won't even go there on. Because no, I, I like the basil and tomato. Do you tomato um, wheat thins? Oh well, then you might like their chip. I don't know. I didn't want to go there. Um, and then they got a hot spicy one. I'm not big on hot spicy lately. I used to be. I loved mm -hmm. hot spicy, but not so much anymore. I get a lot of heartburn from it. But anyhow, uh, they did, they had this, um, garlic cheesy bread flavor. Ooh. That's what I said. Ooh. 
That sounds interesting. Yeah. So I bought a bag, and oh, they're good. Oh, are they? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're 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 pretty tasty. Ernie said, "Yep, that's garlicky cheese bread, all right." <laughs> and so I, but I have done in the past, and that's why you got to be the recipient of some of those uh, crackers. You know, some of those uh, Triscuit crackers that were oh, those were good. Those they were black rice pepper and rice, um, brown rice, black pepper. Yeah, those yeah, were good. I didn't care that much for them, but I, yeah, I don't even know why I buy them because. As a rule, I eat three meals a day. I'm not a snacker. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to snack, it's like I snack on pomegranate seeds Mm because I'm, as you know, addicted to pomegranates. Um, Occasionally, I'll have a piece of cheese, but it doesn't occur to me to have cheese and a cracker. Right. My only other snacky thing I like to do is is not really a snack. It's it's I like to do the cracker sandwich thing, mm-hmm. and and I do that as a meal. That's my lunch. I'll have a cracker sandwich, which is for those of you who aren't indoctrinated, that's white bread, slathered with margarine, not butter, but my my uh, what the hell is that stuff I use? It's not margarine. I can't believe it's uh, not smart, smart, smart balance, balance light actually, because it's the only stuff I can I have found that's of that ilk that doesn't make my toast soggy. Okay, okay. So I slather the bread with that because you can also slather then, and uh-huh. it's not a bad thing. Uh, and then I put saltines on the bread mm-hmm. and put another buttered piece of bread over that, and that's a cracker sandwich. And it's, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's really, really good. Me and my mom love just crackers with butter. Yeah, I like crackers and butter, too. The thing is, I can't just eat crackers and butter, because then I go, ooh, I need a piece of bread. Oh. And then it's a cracker sandwich. <laughs> <clears throat> Same with peanut butter and pickles. I have a thing for peanut butter and sweet pickles, particularly bread and butter pickles. Right. Love that combination for a sandwich. So as a result, I'm I'm not the kind of person who would go over to the area where we keep our snacks mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, I think I'll have a cracker with my cheese," or you know, right. it's just not me. See, I love cheese and crackers, now, so Ernie I do. Ernie does. Ernie does, and I pack them for his lunch. Mm-hmm. He likes those rye crisp things, you know, those things that are something like. They're a little like cardboard with a little bit of salt on it. <laughs> you know, they're healthy as shit. I mean, they, you know, they're whole grain and they're brown and they've got funny dimples on them and everything. And they just, he loves them. He, and they're okay. I, you know, but as long as again, you slap I'm cheese not, on it. <laughs> yeah. And salami, a few, a few pieces of salami. But he's, he eats those because he, he's trying to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And so because they're whole grain and all that kind of stuff, he thinks he's eating healthy. So he's happy with them. But we do have. I our think once share. you put the cheese and the salami on there, it kind of cancels it out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but it's in again light salami and light cheese. So he's you know he really does try. Uh, plus he likes that. If he didn't right. like those, he wouldn't eat them, no matter how healthy they were. Right. But he really does like them. So, but we do have our share of like he's he's discovered baked Cheetos. Okay. Now, I haven't had those. Personally, I didn't think I cared that much for baked Cheetos. I've had them in the past. And they weren't that great. Kind of sticking your teeth and then and then and then. But I bought regular Cheetos, mm-hmm. the crunchy ones, okay, that are fried. And he bought baked ones. Mm-hmm. And so we did a taste test. And, <laughs> and doggone it, those baked ones are pretty darn good. Yeah. They really are. That They're... 
less salty, which is always a good thing. Yes. Than the 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 ones that I preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they really are as almost as crispy as oh, the others. So then. The, yeah, they I it, you know with without the others at hand, I would eat the baked ones and and be happy and satisfied with those. However, when I bought him some more baked ones because he was out, I bought me regular. Because <laughs> I do like them better. I don't care how salty they are. They're crispier. I like them better. Um, what's the other thing that I like to snack? I, I like lightly salted Fritos. I like to eat cottage cheese with Fritos. Actually, okay. Use them as spoons. Okay. And eat cottage cheese with them. That's the extent of my snackiness. Pretty much. Now, he, he's big on tortilla chips, uh, potato chips. I like those bags that have the little breads, the pretzels. Oh, Gardettos. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can see those things are good, especially when when we buy extra little bread Uh things to go in them because they do sell those at holiday time. Yeah, those are those are outstanding. Yeah, you brought that bag from Costco. Yeah, and I'm guilty. No, it was it was actually from Walmart. No, no. What? It was from Kirk, Kirkland. You bought me a big bag. Oh, oh that bag. Yeah. Oh, it was their version of, yeah. <laughs> I ate most of them. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, they are what they are. They're, oh, goodness. They're, they're yummy. So I, I, I keep saying I'm not a snacker and then I sit here and tell you how I snack. <laughs> you know, and that's, that, it's, it's true. I do, I do snack somewhat, but you know, not compared to Ernie. Ernie is just a constant. Right. He's like a grazer. You know, I mean, he really, he'll, he eats dinner and 10 minutes later he's chomping away on pistachios or, oh, yum. or whatever, peanuts right. or, he likes peanuts. He like, we have some, he doesn't get salted nuts. He, he's a cardiac patient, as mm-hmm. you know. So we steer away from the salt quite a bit. So he gets unsalted nuts mm-hmm. and sugar free, this and that. And so, as a rule, we pretty much stick to that in our house. If I want salt on it, I got a salt shaker. Right. And I do that. If I pick out all the almonds, because that's what I like, right. and he doesn't care. He likes the, what do you call them, cashews, cashews, and I don't. So I pick out all the almonds, and I put them on a plate, and I salt them. Mm-hmm. Home free. And he, I get what I want. He gets what he wants. Right. Everybody's happy. All's good. All good. It's all good. So, yeah, I think I'm going to buy some... Um. Nuts, you know, you can get the almonds that are, you crack yourself. They have. Oh them yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Nuts in the shell. Yeah, yeah. those are fun. Those um, are those are great fun. Hazel and you nuts. can throw the shells in the, the fireplace, fireplace uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. The hazelnut are my favorite. See now, hazelnuts for me not so much. When I was a kid, about five years old, we lived on a farm in Washington State, in a little farming community I've talked about on air before called Sarah. Um, not too far out of, uh, Ridgefield. Is it Ridgefield or Richfield? I always get those two confused. I think it's Ridgefield. Not too far from Longview. Okay. So those of you up there who know that area, now you know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, um, what were we talking about? Nuts. Nuts. Thank you. Hazelnuts. We had, we were living hand to mouth in those days. Mm-hmm. It was just after... My mom and dad had just gone through the depression. The war was just over, and, or getting over, and we were living on a farm, living off the farm. That okay. is to say, I mean, 
we had a cow. We had a couple of calves, which got butchered for meat. We got had some pigs, again, got mm-hmm. butchered for meat. We had chickens. Some ate. Some we ate. Some we let for them eggs. do the egg thing. Uh, we had a horse. We had acres and acres and acres of fruit trees of all sorts and a garden, mm-hmm. vegetable garden, strawberry garden. Yum. Mother grew rhubarb, or it grew there by itself, actually. The leaves on the rhubarb. This was uh, our house, our farmhouse actually overlooked the Columbia River, so there was, it got a lot of we got a lot of rain, and it was a very fertile area. And the the rhubarb, we have pictures of us, my brother and me, standing holding rhubarb leaves that were about two or three feet across. Oh wow! Huge, huge, wow. huge rhubarb leaves. Anyhow, um, we had tons and tons of stuff like that in in our on our farm plus the cow cut cut the cow put out uh i don't know if you you know because you've been around animals you got to milk a cow twice a day Mm -hmm. come hell or high water if you don't she's gonna hurt and she comes engorged right and huckleberry put out two to three gallons every milking there were four of us in the family two of us under were under the age of eight right well no let's see yeah yeah no I take it back. Uh, under the age of thir- of uh, ten. Okay. Um, and w- mother had a milk separator, and because as you know, with with raw milk, you have to run it through a separator, separate out the cream from the milk. Then you make butter. We made our own butter. Yum. Mother made everything she could think of, uh, including cottage cheese. Uh, egg custard, because we had eggs coming out our butts too. <laughs> they were not only coming out of the chicken's butts, but they were coming out of our butts too. Um, and I, to this day, I can't eat even flan. People say, oh, I just love flan. Well, personally, I don't, because it's way too much like egg custard. And yeah. I've had my lifetime fill Fair share of it. Of egg custard. I need no more the rest of my life and I will be happy. Don't need any more egg custard. Anyhow, um, and she made Everything else she could think of, cakes, cookies, pies, uh, with the fruits and things. She canned everything. She made jam and jellies out of it. We had even a quince tree. Quinces are useless except to make them into jam. She made them into jam. Uh, me, I'd have let them just rot, rot off the trees. <laughs> but no, Mama did this. And she canned. When we moved down to California 10 years later, Maybe 12 years later, no, 10, 10 years later, we moved down to Southern California and my dad carried in the, well, in the moving van, they carried boxes of jars of canned cherries that mother put up on the farm when I was five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, she worked her ass off trying to keep up with everything. It drove her crazy because, That's a lot I of mean, work. all these trees, you know, well, in the meantime, we had all this food, you know, and we ate very well. Uh-huh. You know, Dad used to, we had a little pond down over the hill from the barn, and ducks would fly in there. And even though it wasn't duck hunting season, we had a lot of duck for dinner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. So we ate very well. Plus, we had butchered the animals on the farm and everything. Well, so we did, we did very, very, very well. Uh, but we didn't have a pot to piss in. So, uh, and we had to pay rent on the farm. And so 
we, mother and my brother and I, uh, did odd jobs in the community. Did she ever sell any for cans or? No, 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 no. That was, that was just food for stuffs family. for the family. Yeah, no, she wasn't into, if she was into it, that wasn't possible for her to do. Okay. You know, there's a lot. Or selling the eggs There's actually a, a lot. There's a lot. Well, and the thing is, we were in a farming community. Everybody so. else had the same problem. They yeah. all had eggs and milk and fruit and stuff. So who would you sell to? Yeah. You know. Anyhow, um, no we farmer's for, market back then. No, no, not that we could get involved with. So we did odd jobs in the community. Among those were picking raspberries, mm-hmm. picking strawberries, pardon me, and picking hazelnuts. Now, <clears throat> there's a thing about picking, okay? You pick strawberries. You get down on your knees and you pick yes. them off the bushes. Okay. You pick raspberries. You stand alongside the, the vines and you pick them off the thing. Right. Well, when you pick hazelnuts, you just sit on the ground and pick them up off the ground. Okay. Because that's how you pick them. You don't pick them off the tree. They've already fallen. They fall when they're ripe. You pick them up off the ground. You put them in a thing. Then you scooch over and you pick up some more. And <clears throat> I don't know how much help I was at the age of five. I was probably a lot more hindrance than help. But, you know, mom would say, come on, get some, you know. Everybody helps, you know. Dad was busy uh, doing what Dad was doing. He was actually um, trying to become a minister. Okay. And he was taking care of the farm. Right. That's that's, a job in itself. He was the one who milked the cows, the cow. Uh, He was the one who, uh, well, Mother and I and Dad slopped the hogs. All that milk that we couldn't eat went to the hogs. They were well-fed, those hogs. Uh, But Fat little piggies. Yeah, but most of the, the work on the farm, Daddy had to do. So, you know, anyhow, oh, and then we had a smokehouse, too, so we smoked a lot of our own meat. It was, it was if we had to, if we could have lived there without other expenses and needs as a family, it was a, it was a nice life. Right. I loved the farm, actually. Anyhow, so we picked hazelnuts, picked up hazelnuts and i probably ate enough hazelnuts to do me for the rest of my <laughs> life too never been much of a fan of hazelnuts to tell you the truth raw out of the shell mm-hmm. hazelnuts eh, leave a lot to be desired in my opinion i know a lot of hazelnut lovers out there are gonna go oh my god you know yeah um, we used to have when i was a kid just a basket mom would buy the different loose nuts yeah and we put them in a we basket and we have too. our nutcrackers yeah. And the brown paper bag that we'd put the nutshells into the fireplace. And I would dig to the bottom of the basket, Looking finding the, the hazelnuts because they always fall to the bottom. And say, I always went for the almonds. Mm-hmm. Or that was my next pick. Or I didn't like pecans as a kid or walnuts. I kind of developed a taste for those in later years. But I did like almonds. Yeah, my hazelnut is my first and almonds my second. Yeah, they're so fun. It's fun to do things like that, too, because it does bring back memories of childhood. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when even if things weren't better, we thought they were better because we didn't know any better. Right. You know, as far as we knew, everything was fine. Right. You know, I mean, I knew mom and dad had financial problems because in those days that information wasn't kept from kids. Right. Because when you went to the store, there wasn't <clears throat> there wasn't any of this, oh, mommy, I want this and I want that going right. on because we knew there wasn't money for it in fact they used to tell a story about me when 
we went to um, visit my cousin, my dad's cousin in um, Ridgefield, and went into a dime store for something. I don't know what. And they said that I came up to the counter. I barely could reach the my nose over the counter, and I put my hands up on the counter, kind of looking like Kilroy, uh-huh. you know. And I looked up, and I said, is there any money for marbles? And that story went through the family for years after that, oh. because they thought that was so precious. Because at five years of age, I knew. You knew. I knew times were hard, and there, and you, you didn't you didn't go and ask for stuff. Right. Not like these days where they put stuff down in the grocery store at, at kids' eye level, so they'll nag you right. for stuff. and. Parents don't have sense enough to tell their children, no, you can't have it. We can't afford it. Forget it. Right. They go, oh, well, all right, I'll get it for you, you little. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, you. it's nice to, to reminisce over those times uh, when, even though, like in our case, we knew thing, times were hard, we knew we were out picking raspberries to help financially mm-hmm. you know we weren't we knew it wasn't out for there for fun right. even though we could eat all the raspberries we could hold you know at the same time it, we knew it was a job right so it was it, but it was but still was good times you know even though we had it like cosby says had to walk uphill to school in, in the, the snow, snow both ways uh-huh. yeah kind of and we did actually well <laughs> didn't, not uphill but i mean we Walked in the snow. It snowed a lot there. Yeah. A lot. Ugh. Oh, I loved it. I, I like a little it. bit of snow, but not days and days and months and months. Well, again, when you're a kid, you don't know any better, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, really. It was all just fun for me. Right. You know, I didn't I didn't have all the aches and pains I have now. Right. It wasn't hard for me. I mean, it was kind of hard to go through the snow when it was already shoulder deep on mm-hmm. me. But... There was there was always somebody had always driven down the the lane, so we had tracks to ready. walk in. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, those were good times. Like, and and it's kind of sad because I said something to my mom and dad one time, one year in about seventy eight, I think they went back to Washington State, and I said, "Oh, Mama, I I I wish." I could have gone with you. I want to see the farm so bad. And she said, no, honey. She said, it's all gone. It's not there now. The farmhouse itself was pretty old when we lived in it. And uh, it it was torn down. The, the farm itself was unrecognizable mm-hmm. as, uh, for what we knew. And she was kind of sad, actually, that they even had gone back and looked at yeah. it because it kind of destroyed it for them. So I have my memories of how it was. Um, and they're sweet, you know, nice memories. And believe it or not, as bad off as we were, down the hill from us was a family that lived between us and the river. Okay. And they were actually worse off. The The kids used to come up, they were young kids, between my and my brother's ages. My brother was five years older than I. And so they were in between our ages. Okay. And I was five at the time. And they would come up to the house every now and then, and mother would say, you boys want some bread and jam? And it'd be, oh, yes, ma'am, you know. Uh, and, and she'd make them, uh, she'd set them down at the table with some bread and a jar of jam and a knife. And the first time she did it, they took a little bit of jam and put it in the middle of the bread. Uh-huh. And she said, well, honey, put some jam on that bread. And he said, oh, yes, ma'am, I did. And she goes, no, 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 no. 
she smeared the jam all over the piece of bread, and their eyes just got huge because they were not used to such luxury. You didn't do that. You, if you didn't have that much jam, you didn't spread. I mean, she was making jam, and I'm sure they wound up getting some. Right. You know, she was making jam all the time out of everything. Right. She made jam out of stuff you wouldn't even think you could make jam out of, but right. she made jam out of it. If she didn't make jam out of it, she canned it, you know. <laughs> And if she didn't make jam out of it or can it, Dad smoked it. Right. You know, we had smoke smelt. We used to go fishing in the Lewis River and, and get smelt. You know what smelts are? No. Smelts are uh, little tiny, oh, I, I'm saying tiny, but i am got my fingers spread apart about 10 inches or so on average. Um, and a little fatter than my thumb. Uh-huh. Uh, silvery fish. And... The, a lot of bones and stuff like that, but if like you like a sardine, but they well, I guess you could say that they're like a sardine, only bigger, yeah, way bigger. Uh, but you, what you, what we did with them, of course, you gut them, but then we'd fry them, mm-hmm. and you fry them real crisp, and just eat them bones and all. Okay. Which, as a kid, I thought was really good. Yeah. Now, because I hate fish, right? Not so much. But Dad smoked a bunch of smelt, too. Again, same way. Gut them, smoke them. Mm-hmm. And they were very tasty. And he stuck them up in a box in a, cu- in a cupboard over the wood stove. We had an old-fashioned wood stove mm-hmm. in, the, in the farmhouse. And Dad stuck them up in the cupboard over the stove, and he wouldn't really, really even think about it. And he almost burned down the house. Uh-oh. Because the, uh, the fish... Uh, started to go, you know, and with the heat uh-huh. and everything, and they actually caught fire. Oh my goodness! Over a period of time, but they actually caught fire, and it it was funny because we had had <clears throat> not be- not long before that some of the wiring in the house because the house had those old fashioned, you know, bulbs hanging from the ceiling with wires going from one to another, right. you know, and they had. Back in that day, the the wires uh, had a sort of a tarry kind of coating mm-hmm. over them. Uh, like now they're all plastic and right. stuff, but then they were not. And uh, one of the wires went bad and got hot and dripped this tarry coating over my bed. I, oh. have, I still have the blanket, my baby blanket, that has tar drops on oh, it goodness. from this wire. Dad had to go out and because he couldn't... As I recall, he couldn't, I'm going to say he couldn't turn off the electricity, which sounds dumb, but I think that that was kind of the way it was. It wasn't like they had... Breaker boxes. Yeah, stuff like that. He had to actually go out with a 22 and shoot the wire to the house to turn off the electricity. I remember standing outside watching him. One shot, mind you. He was Mm -hmm. a crack shot. He shot this... Why, and to me, it seemed way high in the sky. Of course, it was at, you know, uh, what do you call it? What do you call those things? The poles. It was, it was that high, you right. know, what, 30, 40 feet. But to a five-year-old, that looks like a hundred feet. Yes. You know, one shot, he just aimed and bing, and the wire went down, and then he f- fixed it. I don't know what the fuck he did after that. I don't know how he got it back up. But in any case, he shot it down. That's how he could turn it off and get it stopped. Otherwise, it would have burned the house down. Right. Well, then right after that, he had the smelt, smoked smelt incident. Damn near burned down the house again. I had to kind of worry about that. 
somewhat. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, the the people that lived down the hill from us, as bad off as we were financially, they were way, 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 way worse. They didn't have the natural resources on their property right. that we had on ours. You know. So you guys were both poor, but they thought you guys were mighty rich up oh, there yeah. on top of that oh, hill. Oh, yeah, because we spread jam all over our bread right? every day. And we had jam every day. Right. It may not have been the same kind every day, but by God, we had jam every right. day. Which is why that Grandma looks like an, she does now. <laughs> that could have just been a Sunday treat for them, too. Yeah, or once in a while when they right. got it treat, you know. It's like, do you ever see the movie Soylent Green? No. It was just on... Last night I watched it again. I'm not a big fan of Charlton Heston, but I really kind of watched it because E.G. Robinson was in it, and I kind of like him. And um, it's about a future time. I think they, when they made the movie back in the, I believe it was in the, I want to say 70s, but I'm not positive. Okay. But they it started out in 2015. It was supposedly the future for them, you know. And it, <clears throat> it was all about how everybody had destroyed the resources on the planet. And so um, they, everybody was left with, you know, nothing to eat. And things were getting worse. They had, um, oh, shit, what do they call it? Greenhouse effect, mm-hmm. which then was a novel idea. Now, of course, we're very conscious of the possibility right. of the greenhouse effect adversely affecting our planet but uh so it was like way hot all the time nothing would grow water was contaminated water was hard to come by and so they had to make artificial food to feed people oh. which they did for a while and then they ran out of those resources right but they still made the artificial food the whole crux of the story was they found out that the people that were dying off got made into the artificial food oh yum yum so there you go but anyway um that's disgusting i know it is disgusting (laughs) but it it's kind of like what you do when you don't have much right you you just you fucking find some way to get by and they had not seen like this real rich guy okay had in his pantry a withering stock of celery nope oh. you know it wasn't withering it was you know how celery celery gets bendy right when it's been around in the fridge too long and kind of goes limp. like that limp that's the word thank you uh and then they had he called them love apples but actually tomatoes were called love apples and they actually ate apples when they ate these things so i'm not sure about the accuracy of okay. some of the stuff in the movie. And then this big little ass hunk of beef. It was a pretty good size mm-hmm. chunk of beef, you know, which he made into a stew. But Charlton Heston had never eaten beef in his life. That's how long it had been since there was anything like that around. Okay. You know, and so, you know, it kind of reminds me of those kids down the hill from us. I don't know. Any more than that about them, I don't... I you were too young. I don't, yeah, and I don't know whether mom and dad ever helped them out or not. I suppose they did. The kids used to come up and ride Judy. That was our horse. They used to ride Judy with us. We'd get five of us on her back and ride How around. cute. She's a big-ass horse. Yeah, I'm sure your yeah. mom... She must have done. 
and I know nothing about the parents. I, n- I never went down there. I, you know, well, I was five years old. I didn't go anywhere. Right. I went to school and I came home. That was it. Right. So. But you grew up on a farm too, didn't you? Yes. We had horses and cows and pigs. Several? Horses, cows, and? Uh-huh. Um, I can remember having three or four horses at once. Um, quite a few pigs. We used to butcher them mm-hmm. and feed the family. Um, the cows, um, pygmy goats. Cool. Where was they were this? so cute. Um, when we lived in Fontana. Yeah. Okay. We had. That's in California, for those of you that don't know. And then when we lived in Landers. We had also animals. California. And then when we lived in Hesperia. Also California. Yes. Now, how many cows did you have? Probably two or three at a time. Yeah. And yeah. how many people lived in the at the farm? Just my family. My family of five. Mom, dad, and three sisters? Two sisters. Two sisters. And then me for And then you. Right. So who milked the cows? We didn't have milking cows. Oh, you didn't have? When we lived in Fontana, um, we had goats that we'd milk. Yeah. Now, are they like cows? You got to do it every 12 hours or? I don't remember. I was young. Whatever. I remember mom doing it in the morning. I mean, 5P, that cow got milked. I remember. I remember mom doing it in the morning, but I don't remember. Maybe not. I don't know. Is there udders? swell mm-hmm. that much maybe they don't they're not that big of milk producers right does she make cheese and stuff no 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 did you drink the goat's milk i didn't um i would i remember mom would give it to the people across the street the old mm. man across the street loved yeah. goat's milk yeah and i think my papa drank it yeah. my dad drank goat's milk he claimed to have uh lactose intolerance but he could drink goat's milk hmm I don't know what that's about. Me neither. And then he, <clears throat> in later years, he would drink milkshakes. And mother decided that he wasn't really lactose intolerant. He just didn't like the taste of <laughs> milk. But if it had vanilla and sugar in it, by gum, he was, <laughs> he was there because he could drink a milkshake and it that's funny. and tolerated it very well. So I don't, I don't know what that's about. But so did you guys have like gardens and stuff too? Um, when we lived in Fontana, we had a big garden. You were telling me once you had mm-hmm. pomegranate trees. When we lived in Fontana, we had pomegranate, a big old pomegranate bush. Yeah. And it had like dead spot where we used to crawl in there and sit in there and be open and eat the pomegranates. Oh, yeah. Then we had kumquat yeah, and yeah. loquat, mm. plums, mm. Um, peach, mm. and apricot. Wow. Mom used to make jam Yeah. with those. Then in the backyard, we had a big old walnut tree that my father hung a swing. Oh, from. how cool. English walnut or black walnut? Or do I you think know? English. Yeah. And then in the back part of our property, we had our horses. Wow. Pigs. I remember getting to stay home from school one day to help deliver the baby pigs. Oh, how fun. And then um, we had baby goats. So before we went to school, oh. we would all get a bottle and feed the baby goats. Oh. That's fun. Yes. That's fun. I haven't fed a goat, baby goat, but I have fed a baby calf. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to do. And then... Now, when, when you had the animals, did you just have them for fun and recreation or... Or horses. 
the pigs and the cows were for food. Very cool. Very cool. And Either my pa- father would butcher them and then send them off mm-hmm. to be cut up. Yeah. Or we would have somebody come out. Yeah. Now, how long ago was that? How old were you? Oh, my goodness. When we lived in Fontana, I would say I was seven, six. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you have fond memories of that time, Oh, yes. Too. Yes. Yeah. The, the butchering didn't bother you either, right? I mean, you'd seen it enough that it didn't bother you, or did The it? only time it bothered me was my father took us girls a swing set to use to hang the calf from. <laughs> ah, yeah, that sort of sucks. Yeah. Excuse me, kid, while I drain this calf. And then and, when... Because they have to be hung to uh-huh. bleed. They have to bleed out. For those of you who do not know farm life, when you butcher an animal on the farm, it, you got to cut its throat and let it bleed. Uh-huh. And you just do that. That's how you and kill them. And then mom would turn the radio up, and we didn't hear the gunshot. Oh, oh. Well, see, now, Dad butchered the hogs. But he did it on the barn door, uh-huh. and I remember him stringing them up on the barn door and just slit their throats. Uh-huh. And I, you've maybe heard the expression, I have most of my life, that, that somebody bled like a stuck hog. Uh-huh. And that's where that comes from, because I swear to God, 99% of a hog is blood. Yeah. They're, they've got more blood than I've ever seen in my life. They use pig blood, you know, in a lot of the horror movies. Yes. And for good reason. It's readily available and uh, lots of it. But like my mother-in-law and her But we didn't go so far as making blood sausage or anything. No, yuck. (laughs) They were talking about, you know, when they were kids, they never had steak. Oh, yeah? Or, you know, the expensive cuts of meat. Yeah. Well, we did because we had our own. Exactly. We had two freezers full of meat. Yeah, we had a freezer locker, they called mm-hmm. them. We had to go rent it, rented space in a communal freezing area. Okay. I mean, the guy, that was his business. He ran a freezer locker. Okay. And you rented the space, depending on how big it was, mm-hmm. by, you know, the month. You paid, I don't know what they paid, probably a buck or two a month right. for the space. And then we'd, he would actually... Dad would kill the, the whatever, mm-hmm. pig, calf, whatever, and then take it to the guy at the freezer lock, and he butchered it mm-hmm. into whatever mom told him she wanted. The cuts of meat. Right. Well, she wanted hamburgers, she wanted pot roasts or right. rump roasts or whatever the hell, and then he would wrap it and label it and uh-huh. everything for the price of the rental of the of the freezer locker. Oh, astoundingly inexpensive. I can remember when we lived in Landers, we took a cow or a pig to the butcher, and I remember Mom saying, okay, she wants this this, yeah. this done. Right. And I remember when they came back to get it, it was all wrapped up in the white butcher right. paper. And right, It. I remember my parents giving the butcher the what for because there wasn't enough meat. Mm. He took some out uh-huh. for his own use. Yeah, well, that yeah. was the last time we used that butcher, but I remember. Yeah, I don't know whether mom and dad had that kind of problem. I never heard them talk about that kind of a problem with them or not. Right. For all I know, they may have said, hey, you know, take some out for yourself, right. too. Who knows? I have no idea. Because, but you when know, you got a family of five to support, yeah. every little bit helps. Absolutely, and you don't have, you're not supporting you know, a family paying, of ten. <laughs> right, they're paying him to do his job, yeah, absolutely. and then he's skimming off your meat. That's not yeah. right. No, no, not at all. 
Not at all. I can still see those, those, uh, and I'm sure you can too, in your memory's eye, you can see those packages of, of meat frozen mm-hmm. coming out of the, the freezer locker. And mother would bring home several and then put them in the refrigerator and, and yeah, so we just had, week, um, know. a deep freeze freezer at home at your own yeah, yeah that's that's amazing yeah no we weren't again that was a luxury we could not afford we did have a, a refrigerator i don't remember it interestingly i remember the the wood stove mm-hmm. vividly but i don't remember the refrigerator at all i'm gonna know i know we had one i just don't remember it right again it wasn't something that was in my Scope of interest. So, did you have the rule about naming your animals that we had, where you had to name them things like pork chop and? <laughs> no, but I can remember my father. We'd be at the kitchen table, and he would say, "Oh, making the whatever the cow's name mm-hmm. was. This is sure good steak. Thank you, Betsy, or whatever yeah, that you know." Right, right. Well, then, then you, mom would get grossed out. And <laughs> you sort of have to do that. You, you get told as a kid. Don't name anything you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because, and practically any damn thing is something you're going to eat uh-huh. on a farm. But uh, if you do name it, keep in mind uh-huh. that's going to be dinner one day and you got to learn to live with that because right. that's how, that's, that's the way the world works. Right. People these days, I don't think they realize that when they go to the store and buy pork chops, that, no. that was somebody's pet pig. Well, not really. <laughs> it wasn't anybody's pet pig. It was just pig raised for the purposes of butchering right but it was a live animal at one point and which is why a lot of people are vegetarian because they just can't bring themselves to to go there but like you i was raised uh you know we called them pork chop and Uh and hamburger and whatever else we could uh come up with for a name Uh for spare uh, ribs (laughs) yeah right spare rib that was a good name that was always a good name but no we and now we had a pair of geese Mm-hmm. Now, they were never to be eaten. Mm-hmm. They were named Ethel and Albert. We had, I have to ask my mom, but one of hers, I think, was named Elf. Elf. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Ethel. Probably Ethel. Ethel was a big goose name. Goose name, for some reason. Yeah, and they had a, they had a nest at... Uh, mean son of a bitches. Yeah, oh, Jesus. A goose a, on the nest is the meanest... That and a gander gardener is the meanest goddamn thing in the world. And they they had a nest right at the entrance of our driveway oh. to the farm, you know. And that was where we had Good a, watchdogs. Yeah, we had to walk in there and out to go to school. Uh-huh. And, oh, God, I hated doing that because the damn goose, the gander was uh-huh. the one. He Because the goose would be sitting on the eggs, keeping and them warm, and that gander would be just guarding her like nobody's Honking business. Honking at you and flapping oh, his wings. Biting and, and uh-huh. snapping. And, well, in our, our, we had a rooster in our hen house. Mm-hmm. Mother used to make me go get the eggs because it was something I could do, you know, right. to, to carry a little basket, go in the the... the Stinky-ass chicken coop. Well, the, the nest and the coop were low, and uh-huh. so I could get them, and she taught me how to get underneath the chicken and get the eggs, and I could do that pretty well. But whenever I had to leave the chicken coop, uh-huh. you know, the, they had built a fence, and we had sort of a outside of the actual hen house itself, we had the an area fenced off, you know, so the chickens could go around and eat bugs and shit. Uh, and it had a gate. And whenever I had to leave, that damn rooster would be right behind me, 
flying up and pecking on my neck. And just and I go, Mama, don't make me go get the eggs. I don't want to go get the eggs. Mean rooster. And she'd say, just turn around and stomp your foot at him and tell him no. And you know, like, you know, five year old uh-huh. kid, you know, you can't stomp your foot very loud and say no very loud. And he just, he always knew. He was a big bully. Oh, he was a big, big bully. Just like the gander was. But they, but we didn't, you didn't eat your rooster. Without your rooster, your hens aren't going to lay. And without your hens laying, you don't have eggs. So it's a whole cycle, natural cycle of life kind of thing, you know, on, on the farm. And, and when we lived in Hesperia, we had peacocks too. We didn't eat them. Did you really yeah. have peacocks? You know, mm-hmm. it's odd you would say that because I saw one long way from where you, because I know where you lived in Hesperia, and this was a long way from there. This was over on Maple. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I remember you telling me. Remember me, me telling you yeah. about that? There's a gated community over on Maple, uh-huh. and a, driving down the road one day, and there was this goddamn peacock out in the road, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I thought maybe because we sometimes get uh seabirds and things that mm-hmm. that f- actually fly over the mountains between us and the ocean when the wind is right mm-hmm. they'll actually wind up getting blown over this way and i thought maybe that happened with one of the peacocks because they do live down the hill mm-hmm. in uh arcadia which is another ca- southern california city where i actually went to high school and graduated but that's beside the point um and so I see this peacock, and I'm like, well, either that or it lives in this gated community. I, so I don't but think I didn't know you guys a... had them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you buy them or what? Do you know? Um, Do you remember? We ran the feed store over there. So I don't know if Mom traded or if she bought them, but we love peacocks. Oh, yeah. They're, they're noisy, but they're, they're good guard dogs. They are. They're real noisy. And I think my next-door neighbor on the other side of us, I think they have a peacock. Really? Here? Yes. Now? Because we hear this god-awful cackle thing, and I think it's a peacock. Either that or it could be a guinea hen. Well, that's sometimes what people call peacocks, too. But um, They're so beautiful when they have their feathers all out. They are, know? but, oh, my, they're messy. They're, oh, yes. They're as bad as a goose as oh, far yes. as being messy is concerned. They walk and pop. <laughs> yeah. And they are loud. The people down in Arcadia that that tolerate them, they have a whole community down there mm-hmm. that is invaded by the peacocks. And they're up on their roofs yes. and they're all around their yards. And, you know, it's just one of those things. You move into that part of the, the town, you're going to put up with peacocks. And right. if you're not willing to, you don't want to move there because right. they're not going. Right. And it's down by the Huntington Museum area. As I recall, so well, that's interesting. I didn't birds. know you had peacocks. Yes. I suppose you can eat them. I never. Oh, I don't. Would have thought of it, but to no, me, they they're just... too pretty a bird right. to kill and eat. But uh, you know, for that matter, so is a pheasant. We ate a lot of pheasant when I was a kid. Yeah. So and a duck, for that matter, also very pretty animals. But um, you know, I guess you make your choices what mm-hmm. you want. You know, and the gooses, the uh, gooses, Jesus, the geese. We just mm-hmm. had because they. I don't even know where we got them, but we had them. They sat, we never took their eggs or anything mm-hmm. like that. And as far as I know, I don't remember the eggs ever hatching. They may have done, but I don't remember it. Right. <clears throat> About the time they might have started hatching was when my dad had the accident where he almost cut his leg off. Yes. 
we spent a lot of time during that period, uh, and it was the summer months, and we spent a lot of time going back and forth to the hospital. So if they hatched, I never got to know about it. We had a few wild bunnies. Yeah. We I had some bunnies. My I bunny was named was Damien. Damien. He was mean. He used to bite the fuck out <laughs> of you. That's a good name for a mean bunny. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the bottom of the cage fell and he ended up running away, but he was a oh. mean bunny. I never knew a bunny to be mean. That's funny. Mean. Was it Cottontail? No. Or Jack? Jackrabbit? I don't know. It was a bunny that somebody brought to Did the... Did he have long pointy ears or little kind of soft kind of cutesy ears? Do you remember? Cutesy, I think. Oh, that was Cottontail then. Cottontails are the little cutesy ones and the Jacks are the... the well, he was just a Easter bunny bunny. Yeah, that's a Cottontail most of the time. He was mean. And I named him Damien. That was that was. You totally go pet right him, thing. and he like. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> have your fingers for lunch. <laughs> so I was, I was happy when Damien ran away. I don't blame you. I would have been too. <laughs> oh fucker! I was gonna have me a lucky foot. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like I like bunnies. We we had had our share of those on the farm, and and I have some in my front yard, mm-hmm. and I like them. I shooed one away the other day. I thought it was a neighbor's cat. Oh, <laughs> it was dark. I couldn't see. I saw something moving. I go, shoot, get out of here. You know, and I went, oh, shit, that's probably my bunny. No, it's <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'll come, come back, baby. Come I'm back. sorry. Grandma didn't mean it. Come back, little bunny. It's like that TV commercial, the rat who comes in to eat the cat food in the house. I haven't seen that commercial. <laughs> funny. Well, All right, kids. I don't watch regular TV. That's right. why, so. But it's time. I think yeah. we've had a lot of fun reminiscing about things that I know I'm thankful for my memories. I'm sure you are, too. Yes. And, you know, I guess in some ways that's what Thanksgiving is all about, is good memories and good friends and good food and good God. So there you go. Yes. I hope you all do have a good Thanksgiving. hope you all have good reasons to be thankful or find some. And... Um, the darkest cloud. We still have something to be thankful for. Sometimes you just have to pull it out. Well, if nothing else, you, you can be thankful you can see the cloud. And if you can't see the cloud, then you can be thankful you can't see the cloud. There you go. <laughs> How's that for fucked logic? Anyhow, go. everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Uh, send us your emails if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. And that's about it. I'm S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Thanks for listening, too. Don't Don't get get us started. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Have a piece of pie for me, too. (laughs) With or without whipped cream? (laughs) With. (laughs) I'll take cream, not oil. Oh, there you go. (laughs) You know, sometimes I actually forget that I married a farm girl. You know, uh, just so many years together, you forget about the past, you know, certain things in the past. And I actually, which I knew, I knew that she... You know, she had the animals and the farms and the tending and all that good stuff. I totally forgot that Lacey, uh, you know, came from that type of atmosphere. Uh, as far as Sadie goes, Sadie, you know, she always comes in and she has some really good detailed stories to, to, to enlighten us with, you know, from her past. And that was Don't Get Us Started in Episode 15. All right, let's go ahead and just move right along. On this beautiful Friday morning. Okay. Shaking this bad boy up. We're going to find out 
what episode we're going to listen to next. And the episode is, Who's the Boss? Number one. That's right, you're going to have to listen to me for another hour. And this was recorded all the way back in November 28th in 2012. That's a, literally a year after, or rather a year before our last episode. Uh, too bad we didn't have a, a, a November 28, 2014 yet. That would be awesome. But anyway, so who's the boss number one? Um, I just, because I had nothing else to call it, I just called it week number one. It was released on November 28, 2012. And it says Dave's in the office this week as he talks about MythWorks' new releases and answers questions from followers on Twitter. Now, <clears throat> I'll have to sit and listen to it with you folks, because I honestly don't remember much. Uh, all I remember is really concentrating and trying to keep focus. All right, kids, so sit back, relax, and here we go with Flashback Fridays and Who's the Boss? Number one. Welcome to Who's the Boss? This is David K. Montoya with you today. Finally able to sit down and talk to you folks a little bit of one-on-one. It's been a really busy week. By the time you listen to this, it'll be the end of, I believe, the second week of November. Uh, but during the time we just finished our Halloween season, which is always busy for us, we just uh, produced a new anthology called Erotica Anthology. You can pick that up over at MythMart. That will be www mythworks.com slash mythmart you can check it out uh, other than doing the stuff over for mythworks here over at the jazomon productions we are heavily involved in producing our jazomodcast a lot of recording this week we had some really good shows taped already when in burbank when i sat down with sadie burbank great great uh interview uh, really emotional, really raw. And if you folks haven't checked that out, I really suggest that you guys should. Really good stuff. And then my sister and I, Rebecca C. Lofgren, we sat down and we did Sibling Rivalry, which was a great, great show. We had lots of fun, lots of laughs. We got a little serious uh, in, in one spot, but most of the time we're just being silly and, and having a good time uh, catching up. Uh, she's got a busy schedule, I've got a busy schedule. So hopefully with this podcasting we'll be able to sit down at least once a week and, and, and share our thoughts on various things and then last night we were supposed to do some recording we were supposed to do the sheer darkness recording with Terry sure unfortunately because of health problems he decided it wasn't a good time so we just we're going to try and attempt to get a show put together for you tonight as well as my wife Lacey Montoya and I are hopefully going to sit down today and get a show put together called Entwined as One. Larry Walton, who is the Jaso Mons version of Ben Stein, is going to sit down and give you some Hollywood inside. I think he's going to go over some DVDs and Blu-ray releases. Um, and he, he covers that on Saturday with Saturday segments. Uh, so we've got a lot of listening material for you folks um, here on the Jaso Modcast show. Originally, Who's the Boss was supposed to be a show with myself and a good friend of mine, L. Allen Russo Jr. He is the former owner of New Blood Films, and I guess he's running the Zombie Works publications over in Arkansas right now. Um, but 
due to situations out of mind control, he's unable to obligate himself to doing a weekly show. So I found myself sitting here going solo, and I was trying to think of a way to do a show by myself without boring you folks for an hour. So I decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump online, I'm going to look at Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at David K. Montoya. It's all spelled out. You can find me there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump on Twitter. I'm going to look at some direct messages that were sent to me. Uh, people asking me certain questions, not only about the Jayzo Modcast. There are some questions about the Jayzo Mod publications where you can go and download free stuff. Uh, my writing particularly. Uh, it's all free over there. And we're also going to cover questions about the podcast, you know, different shows. And because we're so connected, we're going to cover, of course, MythWorks and everything that goes on over there. So let me pull up and let's see what question number one is. Question number one, it asks, with everything that's going on with MythWorks Corporation, why you decide to open up a new studio brand? Well, this is actually a fairly simple answer to this. Um, MythWorks Corporation is something that I started back in 1992. We are celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, initially, when I started out in MythWorks, it was called LifeScience Studios. And the whole process of LifeScience was I was too young to be picked up by big comic name uh, companies to, to produce my stuff and plus during that time of the 90s there really wasn't no creative owned material uh, so whatever I'd come up with pretty much the bigwigs would take the copyrights and, and I would just get paid for doing the artwork and if you go and you, you ever look at any of my earlier stuff you kind of see they the bigwigs would not have been really that interested in like my artwork story okay but artwork no um, so what happened was is that I decided to open up my own company, um, S.M. Morton, who at the time was my editor, convinced me to do it myself. So in 1992, I, I opened Life Science Studios and I started producing my own material. It, essentially what they were were makeshift comic books. I'd go and I'd write a little story and then draw up the work. My brother would help me do the inking and then S.M. Morton would do the editing. Well, we did this all the way up until 2003. 2003, I was kind of getting burnt out on the whole comic book situation. And I wanted to go to a new medium. So I decided to, to go into working with literature. And I started, or I was starting a magazine called The World of Myth, uh, which was going to be an online literary magazine. And I got pulled into the whole publishing brand. Initially, it started with a very first calendar. I think it was like a 2005 World of Myth calendar. Uh, we just wanted to see if we could actually sell something other than comic books. And within, I, I want to say less than a week, it was completely sold out. I was really amazed. Then the following year, or it might have been the same year, we decided to go in and publish a book. Because at the time, it was my sister's 18th birthday, I decided to put together a book, a collection of her artwork and her poetry, 
and throw in a short story for good measure and put it out there and see what we could do, you know, with, with our book. And uh, we came out in August with Book of Dreams. I think that was 2006. Again, it did really well. And at this point in time, we decided that we could go into full-time publishing, paperback publishing, not only online material, but paperback as well. And we started looking at the potential authors at the World of Myth. Over the, the course of almost 10 years, uh, because, you know, essentially we started publishing, you know, towards the middle of 2000s, we went into full-time publishing with other people. My stuff kind of got pushed aside, and we, we focused more on producing people that had never been published before, publish, you know, raw, talented authors, help mold their craft and, and produce material for them. Over the time, I became the publisher. It was no longer me doing any writing or drawing or producing comic books. It was about producing other people's work. And after a long period of time, I, I kind of got burnt out on that. I, I wanted to get down. I wanted to set down. I wanted to get back to the basics. I wanted to do comic books. I wanted to get back to drawing. I wanted to get back to writing. Uh, I, I have an anthology that's called It's a Dark Ride. It's been pushed aside for the last two years because of other projects and I really want to get this finished and I felt that in order to to publish the book we would have to get my name re-recognized because a lot of people if you hear my name if you search my name on like Google or Bing or anything like that um, type in David K. Montoya and you will find that I'm the CEO of the company, and there's really not much talk about me being the author. Um, earlier this year in 2012, I sat down with uh, The World of Myth and did an interview, and I had mentioned that I, I'm a writer, and honestly, wholeheartedly, interviewer looked at me and was completely dumbfounded at the fact that I was a writer, and they didn't realize that I was a writer. And that really inspired me to, to get back out there and to get my name known not only as a business person, uh, which is absolutely definitely part of me, but I, I'm first and foremost a writer, and I want people to recognize me as a writer. So I decided that I was going to sit down and, and open something up independent from MythWorks, and Jezamon was kind of the first idea. Uh, initially, I put together a small e-novelette for the people on Twitter. When we got to like the first 500 followers, you know, they, they were able to download it for free. And you can still go to Jaisalmon and, and download it for free. It's, it's still there. Um, but at the time, there was no Jaisalmon. It was just me producing free material. And then at the beginning of October, I decided that I was going to put out a little Halloween story for everybody for free. And I felt that if I'm going to be continually producing free material, you know, it needs to be put under a header, just not there. Obviously, because I'm the CEO of MythWorks, I was just carrying the files on the MythWorks server. But, you know, I didn't think that was fair because it's not a MythWorks product. So what I did is I came up with the Jaisalmon Productions, which Jaisalmon is a combination of my son and daughter's name. Uh, my son's name is Jaden, my daughter's name is Zoe, and our family last name is Montoya. So 
I smushed that all up and came up with Jazelmon. And initially, Jazelmon was for publishing only, produce my stuff, you know, to get my name out there as a writer, not only as the CEO of another company. And as I was producing these free materials, I, I started getting in contact with a lot more of my friends. We don't talk a lot. For example, Terry Shear and I, 99% of the time when we speak, it's on a business term, uh, you know, because he's also the chief operating officer of MythWorks, so we kind of go over the business plan of everything. This book's coming out, this product's coming out, this is how much we're going to sell, this is how much the overhead is, this is how much profit we're going to make. And that's pretty much the, the, the whole basis of our conversations. And one of the things that kind of pushed me to, to start doing this podcast is that Terry is more than just, you know, a business partner. Terry is a, a very good friend of mine. He's, and I've said this publicly before, he's my mentor when it comes to literary writing. Genius of a man. He's very intelligent. Um, looks like I got a phone call, folks. Excuse me, I'll be right back. So as I was saying, the the whole process of, of recording came kind of from Terry. Like I said, you know, he, he's a friend of mine. We're, we're really close. And for a long time, when he lived here in California with me, we would talk not only just about business, but we would talk about writing, talk about movies, talk about life. You know, we became very close friends. And after he moved to Idaho, we, we kind of lost that connectivity. You know, um, it, it's different from not being able to talk face-to-face -face with people. And with my life here in California still being hectic and busy, again, you know, our conversations became more business-oriented than personal. So I decided that I was going to start a podcast. And one of the main shows was going to be him and I. And while I do plan on talking about some business, talking about his writing background, um, because he's been writing for like 40 years, 30 years, something like that, you know, we just talk, talk about things that we used to talk about, you know, writing, movies, entertainment, just have a conversation and kind of reconnect that friendship and move past our, our business relationship. Because, like I said, Terry's a very good friend of mine. And then um, what had happened was I was pitching the idea to S. Sadie Burbank. And, and I wasn't really pitching it outward. I was just kind of talking about it and saying, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing with Terry. I would like to do the same thing with you. And she loved the idea and she jumped on board quickly. And I, I have to say, and I, I said this in another show, maybe both shows that I've done so far. Um, I have to publicly thank her for, uh, you know, being the executive producer of these shows, you know, and, and financing this, and it, it really means a lot to me. So initially, it was down to two recordings. I was going to do a show with Terry. I was going to do a show with Sadie. Now, Alan Russo, unfortunately, like I said earlier in the beginning of this show, he couldn't do it, but I wanted to do one. Uh, we, we would talk. You know, I met Russo when I lived in Arkansas back in 2000, and we became very good friends. We worked together. We made a movie. We've done a comic book. We've done several comic books over the years, just hadn't gotten published. And I wanted to, to kind of reconnect with that friendship as well. He originally was in Florida, then he moved back to Arkansas, then he moved to Indiana, then he moved back to Florida, now he's back into Arkansas. 
he's remarried and he's got a new kid and a new wife and a new life. And I understand he's really busy with those type of things. So, but at the time, who's the boss was supposed to be with him and I because he is, you know, the CEO of his business. So now we're up to three shows. And one of the things also that I wanted to do is I wanted to sit down and talk with my wife. Now, my wife and I, we've been together for 18 years. We are high school sweethearts. We've been together. We've been through a lot of things. And with our son, you know, we, we've based our life around our son. Our son is 11 years older than our daughter. My, my son will be 11 uh, on November 10th. My daughter just turned one in September. And our relationship has been based more on being parents. And I wanted to get an opportunity to sit down and just talk to her like we used to before the kids, you know, and, and keep the relationship alive. And while she constantly says no, that she doesn't want to do this, I know she's on board. And so we came up with uh, Entwined as One, which is actually a, a piece from our wedding vows. And like I said, hopefully tonight I'll be able to record that. So now we're up to four shows. Uh, let's see, who else? Then Larry Walton, I've, I've known him for quite a few years. He's worked on my board of directors. He's done, goodness, he's done a lot of things. Um, he's been circulation manager for The World of Myth and Verotica. He's done PR stuff for me. He's, he's done a lot of work for me. Anyway, we, we spoke about it, and I told him, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting together a podcast, and he was all in. I, well, I said, well, what do you want to you know, talk about? Because it would just be you unless you want to come over and talk with me. And he wasn't really inclined to coming over at the time, so he, he bought his own setup, and he's recording from his house in Hesperia, California, and he decided that he's going to talk about what's coming out in the movies, what's coming out in, in DVD and Blu-ray. And I thought that was kind of neat because he, again, he reminds me of Ben Stein. If you guys listen to his show on Saturday, you'll kind of pick out what I'm trying to say. You know, he's just got that feel about him. So where are we at? We've got Wynn and Burbank, Sibling Rivalry, Who's the Boss, which is me. And it was supposed to be Russo as well. And then Entwined is One, Sheer Darkness, and Saturday Segment with Larry Walton. So it, it came about, you know, we have six shows um, and though I'm, I'm trying to run, you know, a business with MythWorks, I really don't see Jaiselmon as a business. I see it more as uh, an opportunity to spend time with my friends and talk with them and catch up with them. And I'm running it completely different from MythWorks. I'm trying to keep it somewhat a nonprofit organization. Um, I know... You know, like with our premiums, if, if you download this cast for free, you know, you, you have that little bit of advertising in the beginning. But if you go and you download it for free, or not download it for free, but if you pay for it, there's no advertisement. It goes straight into the show. It's only 99 cents. And while you have to pay a little something, you know, for the premium brand, you know, we're not making a whole heck of a lot of money. 99 cents. You can't even buy a cup of coffee up with 99 cents anymore out of the vending machine. And for me... What I do is, you know, I, I pay the the uh, voice actor for the advertisements, and I, I pay my co-host, and my share actually goes back into, you know, materials that I need, you know, mics, computer programs, you know, what I need to do to keep the the Jaiselmon up and running. So essentially, it's a nonprofit organization, 
getting to the uh, initial question, I guess, Jazelmon and MythWorks are, are two, two separate entities. They, they work on two different levels. MythWorks is a functioning company. We produce, you know, paperback, ebooks, comics, you name it, we do it, you know, and, and it's all about meeting the demand, you know, making a profit and, and trying to make a living in that direction as where with Jazelmon, Jazelmon is essentially non-profit and it's more to connect with my friends. I know that was probably like a, a 15, 20 minute answer and I, I hope that was to the best of you know, my ability and, and I hope you understand what I was trying to say. Okay, let's go to another question. Um, what is the difference between MythWorks and Dark Myth Production Studios? Uh, not a damn thing, actually. It's it's the same exact thing. Dark Myth Production Studios was a, a name that came from a book I read, Seduction of the Innocents, back in the, the early 90s. It, it talked about comic book. It was written during the time of comic book burning rallies, and, and, and in a passage it said that comic books was the dark myth of the devil. And that really stuck with me. At the time when I read the book, the company's name was still Lifeline Studios, and I, I felt so compelled with that that statement. You know that Dark Myth is is such a strong name. I decided to initially change the company's name from Lifeline Studios to Dark Myth Productions originally. And over the time, of the course of 20 years, we've had different variations. You know, Dark Myth Comics, Dark Myth Films, and that had become our brand in 2000. Five, I believe what I did is I merged three companies that I owned, which was Montoya Entertainment Incorporated, or short for MEI. I merged Danix Entertainment, which I obtained in late, no, excuse me, early 2003, I believe. And then I merged Dark Myth Comic Productions. And when I merged all three under one title, I came up with Dark Myth Production Studios. And Dark Myth Production Studios essentially covered all my bases. It covered online material, it covered comic books, it covered printing, it covered the movies, it covered Myth Mart, everything fell under Dark Myth Production Studios. And we ran as Dark Myth Production Studios for seven years. It was this year in 2012 that I got a phone call from my chief creative officer saying that they had received a cease and desist order from a big name company that said that they owned the brand name of Dark Myth. Coincidentally, after doing some checking, we, we found out that they did in fact have a DVD called Dark Myth and they literally beat me by a year as far as brand names. Uh, we sat down and we decided that we didn't want to take legal action. We didn't want to make this long and drawn out because we had other things to, to deal with and to handle. So we, we, we came up with the name MythWorks and officially changed Dark Myth Production Studios to MythWorks Corporation. Uh, everything's still the same. Um, every, all the books, all the setup, all the executive staff and, and whatnot. The only thing that changed was anything with the word dark myth in it. Uh, we, we had to change to MythWorks because they said it was a violation. Now, technically, I can say Dark Myth Production Studios. I can say Dark Myth Comics, Dark Myth Pictures because they have the word dark myth, but they're, they're followed by something else, which I did have trademarked. With this company, they had just the words dark myth 
trademark, which I didn't realize realize that you could do something like that, but obviously you can. And for the most part, we we never really referred to any brand as Dark Myth Production Studios or Dark Myth Comics. We just called them Dark Myth. In doing such, we were violating a, a copyright infringement law. So we just felt it best to, to change our name. Essentially, that's what it is, is. All we did is we just changed our name. There's nothing new or special about the business. It's just we just changed her name to comply with copyright laws, trademark laws. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com.
Okay, let's see what else the next question is. Okay, here's a good one. One reader on Twitter asked, On Twitter, you talk about your 24-hour-plus days. What do you do during that time? It really doesn't matter if it's a 24-hour day or not. I, I have basically the same routine every day. I usually get up at 6.45 every morning. I get my son up, ready for school. I usually get ready. Then we leave the house around 8 o'clock in the morning, get him to school. And then after school, then I usually go and do my daily errands. I have something to do every day. I usually run around until 9, 9.05-ish, and then start heading back home. And once I get back home, I usually get home around 9.15, 9.30. And my wife and my daughter are usually still asleep during that time. So I try to utilize that time, the quiet time, to get some work done on, on whatever project I'm working on. But usually before I start working on the projects, I'll go and I'll check my email because I get a lot of email on a regular basis. After I finish with my emails, then I'll jump over to Twitter, see what's going on over there. Not necessarily, you know, put up a post, but I'll, I'll check it out, see what people are writing, kind of keep up on things. After Twitter, then I run over to Facebook and kind of do the same thing. I, I'm just not a big poster. If there's something important, then I'll, I'll definitely put something up. But normally, I, I don't just throw babble out there. It's, uh, I, I don't know, just not my thing. And then usually after I get done with the, the social media thing, then I'll sit down and I'll start working on some other stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, try to get some writing done or take some take care of some business-related things, or maybe even work on a website or two. A lot of people may not know this, but everything that is up online, I do. I'm the webmaster, whether it be through MythWorks or Jaisalmon. I do all the HTML coding. I do that until roughly around noon. Uh, at noon, then I run and go and take my kid his medicine and, and talk to him and find out what kind of day he's having. I do that for a little bit, and then head back home and usually around that time it's it's lunchtime so the wife and I and my daughter we usually have lunch until about one o'clock then at, after lunch normally I start making business calls sometimes I make calls earlier but the, the majority of my phone calls that I make concerning business is usually after 1 p.m. You know, just so I make sure that everybody's up because I deal with a lot of people that work nights or just night people so I don't know what time they're asleep. So after I do my my phone calls, it depends on the calls really, uh, you know, how long it is. Usually probably around three, you know, good two hours. Then I'll try to get a little bit more work done if, if it, the, the calls don't take so long. And, and I'll definitely take that until three o'clock. If by chance I actually don't have anything to do, then... I'll, I'll spend some time with my family until 3 o'clock, and then at 3 o'clock I go pick up my boy, you know, bring him home from school. And that usually only takes about 15, 20 minutes. And again, depending on if I have work or any other projects that I need to take care of, I'll, I'll definitely work on that until about 5 o'clock. If not, then I spend that time with my family. 5 o'clock is usually dinner time, and we sit down and we have dinner together. And... For my 24-hour days, 5 o'clock, I kind of eat dinner quickly, then get ready for work. A lot of people may not know this, but I, I work at a local hospital uh, two days a week. Usually is on the weekends. So typically, I'll go and I'll, I'll get to work by 7 o'clock. And, and I work 12 and a half hour shifts, so I work at 7 o'clock at night to 7.30 in the morning. And while people may think that that's the end of the day, it's not. 
though it has been a 24-hour day, I'm not completely done yet. Usually when I get home, my wife uh, is up to make sure that my son's up and ready to go to school. And I take him to school and, you know, do my usual daily routine. I'll take him to school, run my errands, and I'll get home at 9, 9.15. And then I finally get to go back to sleep, you know. And, and that's been well over 26 hours. So that's when I work 24-hour days. That's usually what it's like. Here's another good question. This one writes, this is a two-part question. First is, what genre do you enjoy writing the most? And the second part is, what is more fun to write, comic books or short stories? When it comes to writing, I really enjoy comedy, believe it or not. But that's something that I have to be in the mood for. It's, it's something that I can't just kind of pull out of me and start writing. I, I have to be in a comedic mood. But what comes naturally for me, actually, is the the horror genre. The horror genre is something that I grew up with, I guess. I, I've always been a fan of like horror movies. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Exorcist. I was actually really young when I first seen The Exorcist, and that probably scarred me pretty well. So the, the answer to your first part definitely would be comedy, but I do more horror writing just because that comes more natural. And... First rule of writing is write what you know, and I know horror, so that's that's mainly my main genre. Second part, second part one's kind of a tough one because I enjoy writing both comics and short stories. The process in writing short stories is a lot less complex than putting together a comic book, believe it or not. Uh, when you do a short story, it's you and the editor and the story. That that's pretty much it. With comic books comic books you have your story and then it goes to a penciler who does the pencil drawings of the comic book then it goes to the inker who actually lays down the the black lines over the drawings then after that then it goes to a colorist and the colorist puts in all the coloring obviously and after the colorist then it goes to a letterer and then the letter puts in the script, the dialogue that I wrote. Then finally it goes to the editor. The editor neither A, approves of the panels, or B, doesn't approve of the panels. And depending on what he or she decides, you know, is kind of where we go from there. If they approve it, then it goes to the editor-in-chief, and the editor-in-chief does the, the final approval. And then once the editor-in-chief approves it, then it goes out to market. If the editor, the initial editor, says, no, here's what I think is wrong with the story, then the story actually gets kicked back to me, even though all the process of, of those pages were already finished. It gets kicked back to me. I have to fix the script. Once I fix the script, I go and I give it to the penciler to redraw, and then that whole process goes over again until it's approved. So I, I think... At this current point, I think I'm kind of leaning towards short stories just because the process isn't that long. I mean, there is a lot of rewritings, but initially, even with several rewrites, it, it, it isn't as long as putting together a comic book. Though, don't get me wrong, I absolutely enjoy writing comic books. So, initially, I, I would have to say that short stories at this current time is, is my favorite thing to write as far as mediums go. That was a good question. Okay, let's see. Next question. Let me find a good one here. 
I downloaded your book, Free Stories Online. What else are you coming out with for free? I don't know about free currently, but I really want to get out my It's a Dark Ride anthology, and I'm hoping that's going to be you know, here within the year. I, I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this for free, that are enjoying my writing for free, you know, I, I hope that you guys enjoy what I produce enough where, you know, you will put up a little cash and, and, and buy my book. So It's a Dark Ride is, is on the table right now. I don't foresee it not being completed by the end of this year, but we never know. As far as free, I do have The End coming out. That's something that I wrote a long time ago. I came back in and did, did a rewrite. So I'm going to be releasing The End, I believe, on a monthly basis or weekly basis. I have to really sit down and look what I, I've written out. One big thing that we're doing with The End is not only are you going to be able to download it on Kindle or any other e-reader for free, but you're also going to be able to listen to the audio version of the story. Now, the audio version isn't going to be free, uh, just for the simple fact that I have to pay the voice act. So uh, it's going to be 99 cents per story. Again, and I mentioned this earlier part of the program, is 99 cents can't buy you nothing. So it, it, I'm making it as cheap as I possibly can. So that's that's pretty much what I have scheduled for free stuff. I'm going to try to keep the free stuff coming after the end. I mean, the end is going to be quite a long process. I think there's 32, 33 stories. So if we do it, you know, every week, that's still six months roughly. And then after that, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing as far as free. But also, just remember that you can always come back here to the Jaisal Modcast and listen to us for free. That is not going to change as long as you don't mind a little bit of advertisement in the beginning, completely free. If not, then you can download it for 99 cents. Again, cheap. I'm, I'm trying to make this stuff cost-effective for everybody because I understand that the economy is still on the upscale. You know, it's, it's trying to climb, trying to ascend back to where we were before the stock market, you know, kind of crumbled. So, you know, 99 cents, that's, that's cheap. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe It's a Dark Ride might be like 1095. Again, cheap for the quality of what you're going to get out of it. You know, you're going to get like a $20 book for 10 bucks, 11 bucks. Okay, let's see. What else do we have up here? Okay, I got to read this one because when I read it, it just it kind of made me giggle. It was just a fun question to even kind of ponder his question. So, or her question. The question is, I'm excited to listen to the new podcasting network. Are you guys going to hit the road and do some some live shows? No. <laughs> um, we're not going to be hitting the road anytime soon. If if you listen to just what I, I talked about my, my days, there is no time that I could even get away with doing a, a tour. And to be honest with you, I don't know if we even have that many followers where we could go and, and talk aimlessly about whatever, you know, to people all around the country. So, short answer is no. No, it, it's not going to happen. But I, I did enjoy the, the, the thought of the possibility. And I know because I know this, this person right here, 
I, I met off the Smodcast page. And obviously the Smodcast people go and do road shows. And, and I guess that's kind of contributed to podcasting. But that's all we are. We're just strictly podcasting. You know, I, I want to sit and talk to my friends. And that's that's the extent of it. So, there you have it. Let's see, what else can I find? Okay, I found one. And this is actually from a... I don't want to say friend, but I guess acquaintance. I've known him for quite a few years. His name is TJ. And TJ writes, When are you bringing back the comics? That's a good question. Initially... I wanted to, to bring back the comics this year because this is the, the 20 years that we started comics. I had plans on bringing back seven of the titles just in one shot. I was going to do an M-Team, a Life Signs, M-Squad and the Apocalypse. I was going to do a Hunter's Exodus. I was going to do a brand new Ayultnum. I was going to do a brand new Smash, which coincidentally that's actually finished. Uh, that's been finished for a long time. And I was going to do a brand new uh, Outsiders. But unfortunately, with things that's gone down, you know, as, as far as, you know, people's health and, and money situation, we just kind of decided to push the, the idea back a little. The idea is called Reloaded. And essentially what it was is I was going to sit down, take all the original stories, rewrite them. Because... For example, M-Team, Life Signs, M-Squad, and the Apocalypse, I wrote during my mid-teens into my... I think M-Squad and the Apocalypse I, I wrote when I was 20. And I feel that I'm a much better writer today than I was 15 years ago when I was 20. So I was going to sit down and, and rewrite them. And I actually did get a lot of the plotting finished but I never finished the scripting because of, of health prog you know health problems and, and money problems. So we'll see what happens next year. I'm actually talking to someone to take over as managing editor for the Mythwork comics. Uh, his name is Mark Jeffries. I think that he'll bring something fresh to the table. Uh, I, I myself always thought myself as a Marvel fan and I kind of ran the comics with the, the concept of what would Marvel do. And I know when Mario came in, Mario Martinez, he was a big Image fan. And I think he kind of used that same strategy, but with the, the instead of Marvel, it was what would Image do. And I believe that Mark, if, if he does come in full swing, will kind of do the same thing. But he's a huge DC fan. And right now DC's hawked. I mean, they're coming out with some really good stuff. And hopefully that will influence him to produce, you know, some really good material. So look out for it, 2013. I'm not saying nothing absolute, but you never know. Also, TJ, if you're interested, I don't know if you, you've read any of these things, but you can go over to MythMart. We started something called MythWork Comic Classics, and we've gone in and... and republishing the old stories for example and i know 99.99 percent of you have never seen the very first comic book i did called m team number one it's not that good i admit it you know i was very young but it, it's kind of nostalgic and i've brought back a lot of the old stuff the old yote gnomes the 
the life signs, Hunter's Exodus, and you can go pick them up over at Myth Mart. Obviously, anything after M Team is as much better quality, just because as the years go by, I get better at what I do, and I think that you would enjoy those a little bit more than the M Team. For anybody that picks up the M Team, I, I say thank you, because obviously you're picking it up for the nostalgia just to kind of look at it. We did go back in, we, we scanned it into the computer, and when I first did the M-Team, there was no computers, uh, not available to me. So what I did is I actually sat down, I, I wrote the script, I gave it to S.M. Morton, she edited it, she gave it back to me, I drew this, you know, what I had written, and then my brother and I had sat down and we inked it up. From that point, I actually took it to a copy machine we didn't have no printers readily available so what i did is I, I went and went to 11 by 7 copy and i made copies i'd lay two pages down side by side i'd make a copy well i'd make several copies then i would take them flip them over to the blank side stick them back into the, the copy machine lay down two more pages and copy them off and once i got through with those we would go through and literally hand color every single comic book. And then once we finished hand coloring them, we would staple them in the middle and we would sell them. So they were very, very rough. And mind you, this was what, 19, 1992. So what we did is we went back in and we scanned the computer. We gave it new tones to the color. We digitally put in the word dialogues and the captions. And, and kind of gave it a better edge, but the the artwork is the same, the story is the same, though we just kind of enhanced it a little bit. So let's see, what else? What else can I find for you folks? Let's see. Another listener asks, "Why is it I can't find anything about MythWorks or Jazomon on Google?" Well, let's see. How do I how do I explain this? If you go and you type into Google Dark Myth Production Studios, you're gonna find a lot of stuff. We just recently became MythWorks Corporation, like I mentioned earlier in this year, 2012. So we haven't really gone forward with a lot of publicity as far as MythWorks, but as far as Dark Myth Production Studios, which is the same exact company, but just with a different name, you could go through and find lots of material. In fact, I, I, I went and pulled up and you can learn about let's see it, it talks about I found Rebecca Lofgren's Book of Dreams release um, there's one here about Mario Martinez becoming editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics here's one about Terry Shear becoming the CEOO of the company oh here's one um, here's one about me and an artist named Slim Black when we, we redid via Yelp Gnome a few years back. Uh, there's a, pro, a release on that. So you can go and search darkmythproductionstudios.com No, no, don't do this .com anymore. Cause that, that's a dead link. Just Google Dark Myth Production Studios and you'll find all the info, all the past history. Here's one that talks about the announcement of the Body Bag Project which I will eventually talk about in the future. It was um, one of the biggest things that we didn't accomplish 
which we spent tens, uh, about about ten five on it to to make, and it just became a nightmare. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And and as me as speaking as the CEO of the company, there's not much that I I haven't achieved when I say I'm going to go out and do something. Unfortunately, body bag is is one of those things that just didn't come to fruition. As far as Jaselmon, Jaselmon's brand new, so you're not going to get a lot of hype. I, I'm trying to do most of my publicity online as far as social media, i.e. Twitter, Facebook. I haven't even issued a press release just because I didn't feel it was necessary because I'm trying to pull the readers in from you know different social media networks. So that's that's why you're not going to get much. Plus that and we're new. So there's there's not that much content out there about us. You know, give us 4 or 5 years and and I'm sure there'll be more content out there, but right now no. So there's your answer. Um again, if you're looking for MythWork stuff, go to Google, type in Dark Myth Production Studios, and you'll get the back history of MythWorks. And for Jaselmon, we just don't have nothing out right now. Okay, so I think we have time for one more. Let's see. Here's another one. This, this one just caught my eye. In the publishing world, what would you say is the highlight of your career? Ooh, that, that's, that's a good one. I would say... As a writer, definitely when we did the the thirty something months of the end uh, for the World of Myth magazine, and I had won a few Member of the Month awards for my stories, that was a highlight uh, because that told me that people enjoyed what I was writing, and that gave me inspiration to keep writing more. And as far as the business world, the business publishing world, I would have to say uh, there's two. When we first got put into Business Week as one of the top 100 companies, ind independently owned companies to be exact, that was just amazing. It made me feel like I was actually doing something right as a CEO. That was outstanding. Uh, another time was just recently back in 2011 we got featured on CBS Money Watch and it was a, a big thing about how I, I got the, the company back from Alan Russo who, who purchased it from me back in 2010 I'll have to explain that some other time but you know CBS is huge and when we were featured on CBS Money Watch I was like wow uh, you know, that that was a great feeling, and I can answer that in a third part too. As a publisher, um, as a publisher, I would have to say being able to produce honestly Terry Shear's last book, Dragon Hunters, and other fantasy tales was just such an honor for me. Terry initially published his own book in uh, 2005 under his own brand. Gateway Press. It was Dreams of Darkness, Dreams of Night. And he he had the tools available to him to make his own book, you know. But instead he came and published under the Dark Myth Publication brand. And and that was such an honor for me because 
not only is Terry a good friend of mine and he's my mentor, but I am legitimately a fan of his writing and it was just awesome. Another one would be doing Sarah St. John's book. She's just, I, I don't know how to explain Sarah's writing. Sarah's writing is awesome. She just does a great job. She came essentially from another magazine. She started writing for the world of myth. From that, she won, you know, a few members of the month and, and went on to produce two novels, countless uh, stories and anthologies. I, I'm not even sure what her initial anthology publishing credits are. And then in 2010, she came back to where she started with us and published Black Hearts and Red Blood Dreams. You know, that was, to me, it was, it was great to see. It was uh, like almost coming full circle, you know, because she had started with our company, The World of Myth, and she went off and became a well-known writer. And she could have just said, you know, screw us. I don't need you now. I, I have my own following. I can do my own thing. But instead, she was as good enough of a human being to, to come back home, if you will, and, you know, do a book with us. So those are my, my three, I would say, highlights, very dear to my heart. Okay, folks, well, looking at the timer, it says that I am all out of time. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming in and, and listening to me ramble for, you know, an hour. Come back next week as we continue to dig for the answer to the all-ever-ending question, and that is exactly who's the boss. Wow, yeah, that's, that definitely was a long time ago. Uh, because we released the Herotic Anthology on um, October 31st, 2012. So, yeah, that, that's been quite a long time ago. And, you know, as far as MythWorks goes, you know, it's it's uh, gone into a, a state of hiatus right now. We're not working on anything with MythWorks. Uh, just right now. You know, nothing's ever permanent. But for right now, it's it's kind of dormant so there you have it there was who's the boss number one i hope you guys enjoyed that was a nice little kind of blast from the past even though it's only been a couple years um it, it was just kind of reminiscent of all of the projects i was working on and kind of thinking about how i would podcast back then to the way i podcast now so for me it was it was quite enjoyable so there you go. All right, so let's go ahead and move right along. We've got one more show before we can call this bad boy a day. Okay. So we've had two really good shows. Let's see what number three will bring us. And number three is Scene Red number 15. That is called Techie Talk, released March 25th, 2013. Uh, synopsis is brief. It just says, This week, Rebecca, Aaron, and Dave talk about the up-and-coming release of the PlayStation 4, Sony, video games, and everything techie. All right, kids. Well, here we go with episode number 15 of Scene Red. I'll see you when we're all done. Hey, boys and girls. This is David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. I'm Aaron Illich. And welcome to Scene Red. We've been sitting around here and not doing much. This is post-Oscar, and I'm not going to get too much in the Oscars because I know you guys didn't watch it. 
but you brought something very interesting to my attention, and it was called what? Batman Triumphant. Now, give the listeners a little back on that. What What do you know? From what I was reading on it, they were saying that Madonna was going to play Harley Quinn, and that it said Nicolas Cage was going to be in as Scarecrow. That's what I read. And that I read something about Harley Quinn was being Joker's daughter instead of his girlfriend. I don't know. And that they were going to resurrect Jack Nicholson as, as the Joker. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they said it didn't happen because Batman and Robin did so bad. Now, I actually like that movie. I was going to say, no, is that the one with Schwarzenegger? Batman and Robin, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the last one. Okay, yeah, that was. Mr. Freeze. That was bad. Poison Ivy is... It'll be a cold day in hell. That's the only line I remember. <laughs> well, basically, the they already had the whole script written up for it, and they said if that Batman and Robin did well, they were going to bring that one out. So I like the old Batman movies. Okay. <laughs> so, you guys out there, if you're interested, Google Batman Triumphant. Yeah. And there's some information on the internet, very interesting stuff on you know the casting. They even have uh, what the logo was supposed to look like, which looked nothing like a bat. Mm-hmm. Like you, a phoenix. Yeah, I was going to say, you said it looked like a phoenix, I agree. Um, and there's even a script floating around online. So, you guys should check that out. It, it's kind of amusing. Yeah. Okay, we're going to bypass that, and then we're, we're going to go, because I know you're kind of anxious to get into this, so I want to go ahead and get into it this issue, or uh, this episode, rather. Well, Sony had just uh, recently came out with a press conference in San Diego uh, a few days ago, and the PlayStation 4 is already underway to be released this year, supposedly from But they won't even show... They haven't even showed the system. I'm like, because we were watching it live at first, and there was a comment section on the side, and everybody's like, show the damn system. Show it. Show... They never showed it. Really? I didn't watch it all. He went back and watched... I was tired of watching it because it it got boring to me, but... Long, they show the remote. That was it. Yeah. Long story short, uh, there will be a screen on the remote. Kind of like the Wii U? No. It's no. Good. It'll be like a regular PS3 controller. You but can't it'll play have... off the remote. No? No. Right? You can't play off the remote, can you? No. What, for the Wii U? Or what? No, for the PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4? I don't think you can play no, on the it, remote. To me, it's like, they said it was like a touch screen. Mm-hmm. It's like a share button, and there's yeah. all these different buttons on it, but it's touch. There's no buttons So they're going to make it kind of interactive with social media. Oh, yeah. very. very. It's like a regular yeah. PlayStation 3 remote. It has like all the buttons, X, Y, or X, Y, my God. Jeez. <laughs> it has a X, triangle, square, circle, and it has like the analog sticks and everything, but there's just a touch screen in the middle now. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the specs of a gaming computer now. They have four, eight, four gigabytes of RAM. Nope. Or not four, eight. Mm-hmm. Eight gigabytes, sorry. Eight gigabytes of RAM. What is the processor? It's got a 16-core processor in it. Good lord. Yeah. And you know, like, how you go and you download something. Like, okay, say you go to, like, the um, the PlayStation Network store. Mm-hmm. And you're downloading a game. And you have to sit there and wait for it to download. It could take, like, forever hours, you know? Right. Well, now, they're going to make it where for it. you can turn your system yep. off and download it. It has automatic updates for everything. Yes, automatic updates. You can turn off your system, it can be, like, the main power source can be off, and it will still download that for you. You can be playing a game and download it. You can be downloading that game and play the game while it's downloading. Well, that's because of the 
Cool they're making a lot of promises, yep. so I don't know if this is all going to happen the way they're saying it's going to happen, but basically you're going to be able to record while you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to upload it, you can share it, or if you're playing a game, you're going to be able to talk to your friends while you're playing the game, send messages in the game while you're talking to them. If you want to, you can send your game to your friend and have them finish it for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. If you get stuck on something... Uh-huh. You can literally send it to your friend, and they can finish that part for you and send it back to you. So what they'd probably do is save it on, like, a cloud. Yeah, they yes, have a they have whole a company set up for the cloud save data and everything. Now, and I'll let you get back into this, but I'm just going to a little spill about the cloud. I think the cloud is one of the best ideas that humankind has had in a very, very long time, mm-hmm. as far as technology. Because that makes life so, so much, much easier. Yeah, it yeah. does. It really does, because then that way you have all that memory. It's not like you don't have access. You have constant access to it. And if you buy the system, it's not like you're going to have to pay anything for the cloud save. It's yeah, already give, with the system. They're giving you cloud right. to put some of your games on. And what I was thinking is, is okay, say you go to Nevada to visit family. They have a PS4. Oh, wait, wait, you wait. can download your game I got even a better one for you now. Okay. You're going to be able to play any game that you own on your PlayStation 4 on your PS Vita. Yep. Really? You Every be game. Play, you can be playing a game. It's kind of like the Wii U in this sense. You can play the game. Uh-huh. And then you can, if someone wants to watch TV, you put that game onto your PS Vita and play. If it's on the cloud, you can play any game for the PS4 on your PS Vita anywhere you are. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, no discs are required. See, that, and again, that's very smart because, number one, that's cost-effective. Mm-hmm. Because that Because if you buy the PS4, you got to buy the Vita. Right. Exactly. So how much is this thing? I'm an, I'm saying it's close to 700 plus. Yeah, I it's gotta agree. Be. A lot of people are like, oh, it's only going to be 500. I paid 500 for my PlayStation 3. I have the highest gigabyte it has. Right. And I paid $500 for that. That's without any installation of external hardware. And this is like after the fact it came out. Like, it's not like, you know when you first buy something that comes out, it costs so much money. Right. I bought this like two years ago and it costs that much. So... Mind you, the PlayStation's been out since 2006. Yeah, PlayStation 3. Three, yes. yeah. So, it's, I'm, I'm saying it's going to cost 7 plus. Wow. Mm-hmm. But the way it sounds, though, is it, like you were saying, it just sounds like a, a computer. A yeah. A computer it's, that's it made specifically for gaming. I yeah. mean, if, mm-hmm. if you could, you know, if it had, like, I'm just saying, throwing it out there, if it had, like, Android app or some shit like that, yeah. it could do the exact same thing a computer could. Well, see, that's the thing. Right now, the way, uh, <laughs> how much money Sony has is they're getting partners from computer companies such as Blizzard. So Blizzard actually has Diablo coming out for the PS3 and the PS4. Really? Yeah, Diablo 3 is going to be released. Yeah, they already have games. They have a new Final Fantasy game they're showing, which I'm super excited about. The graphics are beautiful on these games. Like It looks so real. They had a game <laughs> on there. What was the game called? Uh, the one that was like, it looks like a Pixar type animation game. It's called, uh, crap, it started with a K. Well, anyways, they have a game that's going to come out, and it's so cool because, you know, like, all those Pixar movies, like, the way the animation, like, up, uh, the way the animation is? Yeah. That's it's, the way the games are? Exactly. No, this game. It's oh. just one game. They're not all like that. This game looks just like that. Like you're playing, and it looks like you're playing a movie, like an animated movie. Like it's mm-hmm. the, the, it is wonderful. The graphics. See, that could <laughs> stuff like that could just change art form altogether. That's what I was saying on Facebook. What's that one game that's coming out? The shooting game. Killzone. F- that uh, looks realistic. 
kill zone like, shadow falling. I had to ask him like, is that the gameplay or is that a cutscene? Like, I was like, that's, game, the, game that's the gameplay. It looks She's so like, real. What? Yeah. yeah. I was watching on YouTube, um, and I can't remember exactly what game they used, but these guys are making money off of what they do is they they took. I, I'm thinking it's PS3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They took this specific specific game. They altered the characters' looks to make them look like what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. They've written the script and they literally play the game to make it follow the script. Mm-hmm. Then they take they're recording it while they're playing it. Uh-huh. Then they take it back, do the dubbing, and they're making a cartoon now. Oh wow! That and they're cool. playing it on YouTube, and they're, they're like half a million followers. Wow. Oh, that, you might be talking about, uh, was it like, was it like people in like suits or something or no? Mm-hmm. You might be thinking about Red versus Blue. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. that's Halo. <laughs> oh, is it Halo? Yeah, it's by Rooster Teeth. I used to watch it a lot. It's hilarious. If you go back and watch, there's like, I think there's like nine seasons of it. Uh-huh. And you can go back and watch all the seasons of it on roosterteeth.com. Another and thing. It's funny. Another thing they said they were working <laughs> on, because it was a lot of things that they said they are working on, so... I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with all the promises they made at the press conference because they made a lot, but mm-hmm. they said that they want eventually because they had like it has to do with the server and all that. Right. They're going to make it where we can play every single PlayStation game on our PlayStation Four. Now, do you guys think at at one point in in our lifetime, do you think there's going to be just one device for a computer, for the TV, for your gaming? It's just going to be one whole device. I believe I it's going to so. be the PlayStation. I believe that's what it's going to be. No. A PlayStation... Not 4, but... It's going to be something related to Sony, because Sony has so... The best technology. Yeah, it has... I don't think PlayStation... PlayStation 4 can't do everything, because it's not really portable. Because mm-hmm. we... We'd ha- it'd have to be something that was portable. Yeah. So it'd be Wi-Fi, yeah. So, I'd have to say that eventually Sony will come up with something that will do everything. Well, because I've grown up, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, It's it's always when you buy a Sony... You buy the best. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're, we're not even talking about video game systems here. Yeah. If you buy a Sony computer, TV, radio, stereo, it doesn't matter. If it says Sony, it's the best. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was trying to explain to Dean. I wasn't like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that up on like I. Lo- I was like Samsung a lot. Uh huh. But then when I started, I, for- I got the PlayStation Three because I had the PlayStation One, but I got it like when it, way after it came out. So not one PlayStation Two. two. I got it after it came out, so it wasn't that nostalgic to me. Right. When I got the 3, I was like, oh my god, I love this. So then I bought a Sony laptop, I was like, oh my god, I love this. So then I bought a Sony, uh, we have an iPod radio CD player docker from them. It's yeah. It's really nice, it has good sound too, so I love Sony. And we, yeah. he had a Sony TV, but... I we, sold it to Dean, and Dean's like, well, why was it so much? It's such a small TV. Because the TV, it, it saves power... It's customizable. You can it has storage data in the TV, so right. you can it's put a, what stuff is it, 22 on inch? Yeah. He bitched about a brand new Sony 22 inch TV buying it for a hundred dollars. I would have bought it for him. I, I would have bought it from you in a heartbeat. See, I didn't know that, but yeah, I bought it for three hundred dollars because reason, one day I'm gonna have an office. So I, I even if it's 22 inch, I would like. The only to have reason we TV. sold to him yeah. is because he's like, I, my TV went out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So we were being trying to be nice, and he bitched about it the whole time. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have bought it then if you don't like it. It, it doesn't turn on. There's something wrong with it. Because you know he's so stupid, he can't right. figure out electronics. He's, like, <laughs> he's, technolo- <laughs> he's technologically illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> Back to what I was saying real fast about the cloud. So they're saying that <clears throat> they're going to basically try to take all the games from PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and from the 
PlayStation Portable and the Vita and all that, all the games they have that are separate for those systems, mm -hmm. and make it where you could download them and play them on your PlayStation 4. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So you have everything Every game you that want. you love. And then mm -hmm. on the go, on your Vita, if you, if you want to go to the server, you can play it on there too. So. Well, you know what? I, I think this is where it's heading anyway, mm -hmm. and this is just in general, not only with the PlayStation, but even with DVDs and stuff. It's becoming so readily available for on-demand. Mm -hmm. I think buying discs is simply going to become a thing of the past. So do I. It, or, or they will keep discs around, but it'll be Blu-ray, and Sony owns the right to Blu-ray, right. so they'll get even more money. Because <laughs> I mean, how else will? Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm going back and not. I, trying to I don't think they'll be discs forever because, like, right now they're saying that the because a lot of people thought that the PlayStation 4 wasn't going to be disc-based at all. Right. But it still is. It's it's, it's disc, still going to be disc-based because there's going to be people that want the hard copy to sell. Well, not even not that. Everybody they're not going to. Have... Ha they're not making all games downloadable. Yeah, I know. I'm saying. No, like, no, I know, but I'm lot, just saying. Yeah. That's what I was reading right now on my phone. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's not going to be disc based anymore. It's all going to be downloaded." A lot they're going to the have games. they're going to have right. titles. All the old titles and all are going to be downloadable, but all the new games are you have to have the disc for. But you know what? The cool thing is, is even if they do make it all downloadable, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to plug in a USB flash drive because they're they've got big enough flash drives now. Yeah, you can literally download, you know, from your your system to the flash drive. And you can take that game anywhere you want to go. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's pretty cool. And, uh... I'm going to break apart. Oh, yeah. I was reading that. They, I guess they were saying that because a lot of the Xbox fanboys are mad. Really? Mm-hmm. They have a new Xbox coming out soon. It's going to come out... Isn't it coming out this year, right? Yeah, it's coming out this year, too. And they're saying that, oh, the Sony PlayStation sucks, but in reality, it's way better. It is way the better. New the new Xbox... Isn't even that it's like they just put it out to make money off of it, basically. Yeah, really, it did. It has increased specs, but it's still on like computer PC ROM discs. So you're gonna need like 18 discs to have one game. Yeah, right. As compared to Sony, you have the Blu ray quad layer protective discs because they that, can't use Blu ray, yeah. right? And they haven't came up with anything else that's similar to use for Blu ray. So, like, I know that I remember I seen I think Halo or what does it have four or five discs in it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really? You gotta download all the discs in order to play. Mm -hmm. See, I, I don't know. I mean, I I have an Xbox. Yeah, I know. And Should have got a PlayStation. But you, but <laughs> you gotta understand, the, the gaming system I played before the Xbox mm -hmm. was when I had the, the original NES before it finally burned out. Okay? Yeah. So, making that transition from, what was it, an 8-bit... You know, NES mm -hmm. to yeah. the Xbox was a big jump for me. And I, I'd I, say if you ever buy another game system, PlayStation 4 all the way. That would be totally up to Jamie. It would. Yeah, because Justin's already got a brainwashed with that damn Xbox. <laughs> I don't like the Xbox. I think it, the controller feels retarded, weird. It's so big to me. Like, really? The PlayStation remote is like this, but it fits perfectly in your hand. It's like they molded it to your hand shape. Yeah, as compared to the Xbox, they it's expect like, like, like this. That's how I feel when I'm holding it. It just uh -huh. doesn't feel the same. And also, back to the whole movie thing about no disc movies. It's funny because now when you buy, well, when I whenever I buy movies now, uh -huh. and they're almost all the same price. Every movie has a DVD in it, and a Blu-ray in it, and, and a digital download, and the violet, ultraviolet copy download thing. Yeah. So I think eventually, eventually we're gonna go to the store and they're gonna have a little piece, of paper, like a little cardboard thing, and it's gonna have your ultraviolet download copy on, or it's not download, but it's on the cloud server. Right. Yeah. Which I like the idea of that, but the, but then I, th I think they need to make 
Because you can't download it, can you? The what? movie? It's just like, you can only watch it on their server, right? No, no, you download it from you their server from to your server? computer. Yeah, oh, that's really? why they give that that little voucher. Oh. Yeah, for example, when I bought Jaden Iron Man 2, it came with mm-hmm. a digital download. This is when the digital download first started. And I had, I had it downloaded on the laptop. I had it downloaded on my droid. You know, so it was physically on, you know. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. Oh, I have. I have like all kinds of movies that have that, but I've never redeemed it yet. Really? But they need to make. I know they have some already. The really like three thousand dollar TVs, like are expensive as hell. Like where you can have apps on your TV. Right. They need to make all TVs that are accessible to the internet and that have some type of storage on them, so you can just put your movies on the TV. Speaking of TVs and and expense, if anybody by chance listens to this and works in management at or even an executive at Best Buy a couple weeks ago that's probably been about a month now yeah they put on sale five 105 inch TVs for $500 whoa wow (laughs) now you know they were gone within seconds yeah oh my god I, I was just like I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. I would. And, and looking around in my living room, I don't think I could put right uh-huh. there. <laughs> yeah, Jackie. I think right Jackie, in the hallway. How big is Jackie's TV? Is hundred and something? Uh, yeah, about a hundred inch TV. They have the biggest TV I've ever seen in my life. Really? And they also have a, a bigger projector. They have a projector with an inflatable screen thing. Like, if you have a TV that's past a hundred inches. Why would you need a projector? <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, why? why? Yeah. Why? They have it for outside. Uh, because because oh, I was I was telling Jesus Uncle Mark I was Christ. like yeah I was like Uncle Mark I was like I love your guys' TV like I want it it's like the best. He's like yeah we even have a, a, a projector that goes no, even bigger. Yeah, because I was like I can just like, imagine what? playing video games on that like the characters would be my size. <laughs> really? <laughs> they're t- they're the he I think it's bigger than hundred it's big it's like. Bigger than the couch. Yeah, way bigger than this couch. Really? It takes up like their whole wall. Yep. And he's like, "Yeah, we got even. We got an even bigger one out in the back of projector. We watch. Well, sometimes we go out there and watch TV in the summer in a big ass projector that's like 200 inches big. That's overkill. It is overkill. Now, it's like, why can't you buy me a, a 70 inch TV? Because you love me, but they don't love me that much. But yeah. <laughs> but what I was saying is, is if if anybody in executive management or just management at Best Buy listens to this podcast. Bring back the deal, okay? Give it a two-week notice, not a 24-hour notice. So we can line up? Yes. <laughs> and I will even go out and say I will buy two. Yeah. And if I were to achieve purchasing a 105-inch TV, I would willingly toss one of my couches and make Rebecca and Aaron sit on the, the couch in front of the TV while we podcast. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> So there you have it. It's I don't know. Like five hundred dollars. That I paid five hundred dollars for my TV in my bedroom. Well, and it's tiny. It's smaller than yours. Well, mine is what a forty. You have the same TV that we have in our house. Up yours is the older version. Right? Is it forty-two? Forty. Yeah, because the speakers on the bottom. Forty-four. And when we purchased it, it was what a thousand dollars. Our the one that we have is the same exact. so it's a newer one. Uh-huh. It's the same brand. It's the same size, but yours just looks bigger because the speakers on the bottom. Right. Because ours is all touch. But, uh, oh no, that one's not touch, huh? No, the buttons are on the bottom. Oh, on the bottom. That one costs 
$400. The one in our room is a Samsung. And oh, that all, thing is all, all touch, touch screen. Like, I was like, how do you turn this like, thing on? He's like, how do you turn it on? How do you turn it up? I was like, you just touch the button. Like, you, you can't push it down. Like, you just put your finger over it. I'm like, oh, so it's like the PlayStation. For him. And that TV costs $500. And it's, what is it, 30? It's a 32. Two or thirty-four. Thirty-two. That because our living room's forty-four. It's a thirty-two, and I would love to have a huge ass TV in my bedroom that took up my whole wall. Oh hell yeah! I'd sacrifice everything in that room, all my furniture. Just leave my bed. I'm fine. <laughs> I know that's how I was. I was like, I just want a good TV, a bed, and my PlayStation. I'm good to go. Lace was asking me. She's like, where would you put it? I'm like, let's take down the ceiling fan and put it. Just lay back and watch it. You know, I know. Put it right there. <laughs> just sit back and watch it from any place in the house. You'd be able to see it. <laughs> Oh, sit in the man. dining room and watch it from being over there because it's so big. Or for me, you know, because I like to hook, you know, my my laptop up with, to the TV and use my TV as the screen for my laptop. God, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hooked her laptop up to her TV. Really? Uh huh. It would be amazing to be able to sit on and watch your do your computer on this huge screen. Shit. Okay, I'd be sitting where you're sitting. The TV would be over there. I'm typing a story. My next door neighbors would be able to read what I'm writing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what is he doing on there? <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah. Oh. oh, God, that would be great. But yeah, they they only had five available, mm. and they were gone. And it was, uh, I didn't even see it in the newspaper. It was on yeah. the local radio station. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And it just so happens I was It's probably all family members and people that worked there that got them. And it was one of those rare occasions where I was listening to country. Uh-huh. And it was on that uh, that station, the country, our local country station. Yeah. Uh, I was taking Jaden to school, and I was driving home, and I went, what? <laughs> what? Who do I know who's got $500 right now? <laughs> Let's go sell a toe or something. <laughs> it had to have been all people that probably their family members, like, that worked there, they probably wouldn't got them. Yeah. Because they can do that stuff. That's sneaky, too. Because they'll tell them. They'll be like, we're going to have the sale coming up. Make sure you come get in line early. Right. They can't literally let them have them first, so there's people there before them, but they can tell them first. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, when is the, the new PlayStation coming out? At the end of this year. It says sometime in, like, the Christmas season. hmm I say, I mean, I hope it comes out then, I don't know, but I say that it's going to take a long, long, because they made a lot of promises, and from the way it sounds, they haven't even got all this stuff done yet. Let's just... They're let, still working on it. Let's just say uh, it, it better come out before tax season next year. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't getting it till... I mean, as much as I want it, like, if I had that kind of money... Uh-huh. I, I didn't even mention... get it. Uh, the display size, it's in 4,000p. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how crystal clear it is. And if I, if I, I know it's going to be at least $700. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be, but... Well, even at seven, what is, God, that's, yeah, that's crystal. That's IMAX. Yeah. Yep. It is IMAX. It's crystal clear, um, but I'll probably have to wait a couple of years to get it. At least when it goes down to 500. I don't think it'll ever go down to 500. Unless, it, unless it's <laughs> five years after it. I think it will. And they're coming out with the new, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, here, buy this one, so you have to buy this one later. I got my PlayStation for 500. And it used to be like, how much was it when it first came out? 700? 600. 700 for the other one. I seen it. It was 699. For 500 gig? When it first came out. The, when it very first came out. Like, very, very first came out. Yeah, but that, like I was telling you before, it, it came with all that other stuff. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, because. Okay, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, you know, talking about the gigs and whatnot, and it just makes my mind, it blows my mind because you come from an era where you got the huge computers that have a teensy, teensy bit of memory. Well, I... 65 MB memory? No, not even that. The very first computer I used was a Commodore 64, and they used the 2.8 floppy, you know, 2.8 inch <laughs> floppy disks. Not the hard disk, literally, it was floppy. Mm. You know, and that's... That's my very first memory using a computer. Now you can literally put a gazillion of those little floppies on just a little USB port, you know, stick. It just it blows my mind. Speaking of computers, I really want one of those computers that it's like a laptop, and you flip the screen around and lay it down and it turns into a touch screen. Yes. I want one of those so bad. I don't know what I would do with it, but I just want it just because to have it. Like, because I already have my gaming piece, like gaming laptop. Lap, it's a laptop, but. I just want that laptop because it's like a giant tablet. Right. It would be amazing. Uh, for me, I want one, and I'm sure I would be able to do everything on that than I do on my laptop, you know, as far as the podcast and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it would actually be more accessible. You know, I'd be able to take it more places just because mm-hmm. of how small it was. Yeah. That could get me in trouble. <laughs> Speaking of getting me in trouble, um, I spent another eight hours on the Batman game. (laughs) Damn it, David, get off that thing! Um, It was just... I I only do it one day a week. I don't know if I told you this, guys. Hmm. I only play one day a week. I will not play more than one day a week. Because... Because he doesn't want to turn to us. That's what it is. Essentially, it is. Yeah. Because I know me. And I, I, like today, I, I got up and I, that's all I was thinking about. It's like, how can I beat the Riddler's Riddle? You know? And it really, you know, the urge to go play. But I was like, no, no, you know, I got other things to do. I dream about video games just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I do all the time. I'm like, God. But you know what? I, I try, like I said, like I said, I try playing to mom. Like, video games are thought, like, it makes you think. I like to think. I like to use my brain and analyze and try to figure things out. That's what video games do to me. They yeah. stimulate my mind. Right. Yeah, you're, you're constantly trying to figure out a way to do something. Yeah. As compared to when you sit and play Facebook games, and all you do is sit there and click one button. Yeah, like How does that stimulate your mind? It doesn't. I, <laughs> I don't think it does. I mean, granted, you can sit there and think about other things while you're playing the game to get you out of sort of... A reality that you don't want to be in, because not everybody wants to be in the reality that they want to be in. Yeah. So, by I, I mean, I don't play video games to escape reality. I play it because I like it stimulates my mind. It yeah. gets something to think about. Yes, it does. Uh, that's when before I met you. That's the way I used to play video games to escape reality. Because at the time I was unhappy. Yeah. Now I could play video games and I could be happy. Yeah. While you're playing. Yeah. So it's not just you know, something to pass the time for me being there. I mean, we still use it to pass the time, but... Yeah. But we still... (laughs) We have fun doing it! No. Right. It's good times, though. I mean, playing MMOs in general, uh, it has, like, not an everlasting effect, but it has the effect where it's not construed to one thing. Yeah. As, something you can play forever if you, yeah. want, if you wanted to if you kept your attention that long yeah and I mean uh, if you play games such as he was saying Batman 
That'll keep your bit time busy for a while. For a while. Yeah. It will because it's a single player experience that's meant to be single player for a long time. There's a lot of things you have to find if you want to get like a hundred. I don't know if they have trophies on Xbox. Yes, they do. They, it's called achievements, but they do have like a trophy esque system, yeah. and you get everything for getting everything, or get something for getting everything. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think uh, a lot of people play for is uh, play yeah. for trophies because yeah. that's how my friend Justin is on that. <laughs> he'll go. Get he'll get for everything. Yeah, he'll go through and get the games that he wants to play the most, and then platinum it. Take them back. Get new games that he wants to play. Play the shit out of them. Platinum <laughs> game is hard though. It takes a long time. Not that dude. Uh, he doesn't have any prior. He doesn't really have any priorities. But he is such an avid gamer. He can figure things out by himself so fast, and it's ridiculous. Because I've played games with this dude. I don't, I don't know. A lot of people uh, don't really take advantage of the fact uh, of the fact that things could go online, and when you can go online with games, other people can help you. Yeah. Like, it's like you can help them help you help yourself type situation. You know, oh, I had the process. You can go online with a game. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's multiplayer and stuff like that. I like games that have multiplayer online, but... I do too. Well, and a lot of people, like I was saying before, uh, they play online games to play with other people too. All right, we're going to jump subject here. We're going to give everybody the weekly update, the weekly wedding update. Oh, I should put in a little chorus line. This is the weekly wedding update. No, <laughs> okay, so what's going on? What's the latest? So, I guess everybody had gotten their dress. Had, everybody had gotten their dress up for me. Uh-huh. Mom ordered hers. The bride. <laughs> yeah. Mom ordered hers. She got the kids their dresses. Lacey ordered hers like a good fit. Yeah, Lacey's got to take it back. She's been bugging me. Get your dress. Get your dress. And it's like everything I see that I like is way too expensive. It's not my fault. And like everything I do like, she's like, you're just so plain. You're so plain. Because I guess in her mind, she wants me to have this big frilly wedding dress. And I'm right. the type of person like, I like things that are streamlined and like even like like vintage looking type stuff. Right. Chic. I don't like big frilly, ruffly things. Like, you like sleek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but finally I found a dress that I like. So hopefully it fits me. We got it. We got it custom made. It's right. like another, another thing I, I hate about it is like I look at these dresses. And it's like I know they're not gonna look like that on me because I'm skinny ass like a hundred right. pound person. So it's like if I can't try it on, how do I know if I'm gonna like it or not? Right. But it's funny the dress I did get. It's frilly, which is I like the, that the type of frilly it is. is The type of frilly I like. It's like streamline on top. It's like got lace around the neck and around oh. the arm, and it's got ruffles made out of organza. What's that? It's a type of fabric. It's like a sheer fabric. Okay. And it's really roughly at the bottom, <clears throat> and I actually like it because it kind of makes me think of like a a tutu in a way, but it's not. It's long. It's really long. Hopefully, it's not too long because I don't like shit that's way too long on the trip over. Right. She made me get white because <laughs> I didn't really. I don't really want white. I don't know. I don't like white anything ever. I just don't like white, the color white. I don't like it at all. Only I like white is a subcolor if you're gonna wear something. Like if you're gonna wear like a overshirt with something and have like a white t-shirt. I just don't like white. I was gonna say you're talking to a guy who usually wears a white t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, I don't. Hank Hill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care for white, but I got white anyway. I was gonna get the ivory, but ivory their ivory looks kind of like dirty white. Like mustard white kind of. It just looks like a tin, like a tindy ugly white. I don't like their ivory, so I got white. 
So hopefully it'll fit, uh, fit me. Fit us. Fit me. Well, I think my mom's dressed too, but hopefully it'll fit me. I, I was going to say, I hope you're not talking about Aaron. No, he's, he's not getting a dress. Sorry. <laughs> it should fit me. We ordered it, like I said, like personalized, but... Right on. So I probably have my dress and mom can shut up now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The wedding will be streaming online. I think so, will it? I, I believe I read something where it said that they, they stream the wedding online. So... Guess what, folks? I don't have to do the play-by-play. -play. We're going to give you the address, and we'll post it up on the forum. And if you're really interested and you want to see these two get hitched live, you just click on the link, and it'll take you straight there. But, you know, I have to find out for 100% sure if that's going to happen or not. Again, when we got married at the Shalimar, well, I think when we got married, was there even a such thing as the internet back then? No. I don't think what year so. Did get married? 1996. It might have been. Yeah, it did. I think it came out in 1996. All the rich people had it only. <laughs> so now, like, regular people started getting computers, like, in 1998. Right. More upper-class people started getting them. Mm -hmm. We got... We got our very first computer... Well, I forget it. We got it in, like, 97. And it was an old Mac. It was the Macintosh LC3. And, yeah, I think that was 1997. There was no internet, was there? Not when I first got the... I don't, it wasn't even... I, don't was, I think there was internet back then, but I think, like I said, only the rich people had it. I think it was like AOL 2.0 or something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah, I think it was AOL. Because AOL was popular for a long time. People still use AOL, but I don't see any. I don't see a use for AOL. No. It was way too slow. <laughs> because, well, back then when you thought internet, you thought AOL. Yeah. And honestly, to be truthful with you, I thought internet was AOL. AOL. So did I yeah. at first. And I didn't realize that they were just an internet provider. Yeah. And I believe it or not, I actually learned that there was a difference when we moved out to Arkansas. Because I was so accustomed to having AOL, when we got our new equipment when we were in Arkansas, we were like, we got to have AOL. And yeah. they didn't have no AOL numbers. Because uh, this was all, you know, 56K dial-up modems. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. broadband or DSL wasn't even thought of yet. So we actually had to pay... <laughs> this is good. We paid, it was called Arkadelphia Net. It was a, a local internet server. Mm -hmm. We paid them to actually have a number to call so we could get online with AOL, which oh we paid gosh. AOL. So it, essentially, we were paying double to have online when we lived out in the sticks in Arkansas. Wow. You know I still have AOL. You do? I don't know who pays it, but I still have AOL. How do you know that? Because I can still get on the website and I can still go on AOL if I want. Really? No, it, yeah, if you um, if you had a prior No, AOL like I can literally get on AOL, like, if I want to. You can sign into The actual AOL. Is it still, like, I don't the know. same setup? When I tried it last time, which was, like, a year ago, it was still it was, it was was still the same type of setup. Like, you download it or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, see, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have an account already, like, if you had... An account previously in that you account. Your email. Yeah, you can but, use your email and your password. I can literally account. get on the AOL thing. Like, if you someone's can, paying my AOL. You can go in, um, you know, go in the chat rooms and stuff. Yeah. I think AOL is free now. I, I don't know if it is or not. Do, does chat rooms even exist anymore? Yeah. Yeah. They do. Do they? MSN still has chat rooms. Yahoo still has chat rooms. Yeah. Really? Yeah. People use them. I don't. I, I was going to say. I'm not that social, but. I remember. 
but just the concept now to me the concept of chat rooms is so outdated yeah there's other forums you can literally get on Skype yeah and look at the person who you're talking to mm-hmm. and have a video chat yeah so I don't know just chat rooms again sound very outdated to me <laughs> you can go on the Xbox or the PS3 and have a chat room with somebody yeah, multiple video people. chat multiple, multiple people up to six really? people yeah. yeah I didn't know that yeah, it's up to four, six, six. Oh, what a world we live in! Mm-hmm. <laughs> All around the world too, you can talk to people if their internet is stable enough to <laughs> be available to have a chat. <laughs> well, we all have to thank Al Gore for you know creating the internet. So thanks, Al. We appreciate it. You created the internet. It was a a running joke. Uh, what was it back during? 99 when he was running for president yeah he had made reference that he created the internet which uh, wasn't true yeah but uh, it was actually those scientists in Switzerland mm-hmm. you know that big science group I can't think what I'm not talking about oh what are they called they were featured in uh, Dan Brown's Angels and Demons I know what you're talking about I'm what is it Something not car. It was um Oh But anyway, they there are a bunch of scientists that are in Switzerland and they're the ones that are working on like trying to create uh, you know an artificial big bang and they're the ones working on the antimatter. Is it SAR? I don't remember. Um I haven't a clue. <laughs> do not have a clue but anyway they're the ones that created it and it was just uh, in house it was an intranet before the internet it was all in house so they could contact people you know what would become email you know that's essentially what they created it for Mm -hmm. and they were storing all their information you know on a server so it could be shared with other scientists there yeah NSF National Science Foundation? No, that's not it. No. Um, it says that the internet was first first thought up in, 19, in 1982. It was an interconnected TC, T, TCP IP. Yeah. Okay, maybe it was then. I was thinking it might have been someone else. It says when the National Science Foundation developed the computer science network, uh, CSNet, no, CS, CSNET. Mm hmm. Um, that's when they they got closer to the internet. And when did it officially launch or become public, rather? Um, let's see. <clears throat> the first space. the first search engine was in 1990. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it Google? It was Archie search engine. <laughs> Then, in 1991, the World Air, the Wide Area Information Server, and then the World Wide Web was in 1991. So the official internet was yeah. 1991. WWW was 1991. Huh. And then 1994, uh, in 1994, um, the North American Network Operators Group established commercialization, privatization, broader access leads to the modern internet. Huh. And... I think that's when it really hit. It was in 1994. 
See, I don't even remember hearing about the internet until after I graduated high school. And I graduated high school in 1995. Wireless networking came out in 1999. Really? I'm telling you, all the, it was probably like the government that had this stuff. It wasn't us. Yeah, it, was the, it had to have been the government. Because the government always has the so newest technology. Before do, yeah. Right. Before they, they deem it safe for the public to have. Not that they don't deem it safe, it's that they don't want us to have it. <laughs> so they're ready for us to have it. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they've already created that we don't have yet. Yeah, right. And then, here's some of the popular internet services, like when they came out, 1990, IMBD came out in 1990. IMBD did? That's IMDb, good. I mean, IMDb. Internet Movie Database. Yeah, 1990. 1995, Amazon. Really? See, I didn't know this stuff. 1995, eBay, 1995, Craigslist. Wow. Really? Yeah. 1996 was Hotmail, 97 was Babblefish, 98 was Google Search, 98 Yahoo Groups, 98 PayPal, 99 Napster, 2001 BitTorrent, 2001 Wikipedia, 2003 Link LinkedIn, is that right? Yeah. LinkedIn, okay. And then 2003 MySpace, <laughs> Skype, iTunes Store. Um, 2004 was Facebook, podcast, media file services, Flickr, YouTube. Podcast came out in 2004? Yeah. YouTube came out in 2005, Google Earth 2005, Twitter in 2006, WikiLeads in 2007, Leaks in 2007, the Google Street View came out in 2007. I remember when that came out, that was cool. Amazon's uh, cloud, I guess they have a cloud server? Uh-huh. 2008, and Bing in 2009, and then Google Plus in 2011. I don't like Bing. I don't like it either because it gives you crappy ass stuff. Results. Somehow my phone has or had Bing. I got rid of it, but had Bing. And I'm like, why is why is it, these results crappy? It's like not even what I searched for. Yeah, um, most like LG phones are programmed with Bing. Yeah, I have Google though. Now. Yeah, so I I overrode it to put Google in. Um, Google and Wikipedia are my two main information sources. So do you remember the world without internet? Yeah. Do you? Do you, I mean, do you really remember life without being online? Well, I, that was my whole childhood. I didn't even get a, I got my first computer when I was, like, I was able to go on the internet. Uh-huh. In 2003? No. 2001? 2001, I remember, is when you guys first got a Oh, okay. 2001. So all before that, I never had internet, and life was way different. Okay, how old were you in 2001? 14? 13. 13? Ah, wow. I, I just, I don't know, because the internet is so involved in not only our lives, but literally everybody in the world, in, in modern, civilized culture, internet is readily available. I mean, literally, it's at your fingertips. Anybody with a smartphone can get on the internet and do whatever they need to do. Well, you now, know. anyway, anybody with a phone can get on the internet now. You know, even phones that aren't smartphones have internet. It's mm-hmm. not like... It's well, it's good. mobile web. Yeah, mobile web. It's not as good, but... You can still get on the internet and still search stuff. I don't know. It just it blows my mind because... So, let's see. If you were 13, that made me 24. My age now. So... Yeah, I would roughly be your age when we really got into internet because, um, let's see, like I said, the first time I got 
and it was just AOL 2.0 or 3.0 um, was in 1999. Yeah. And then... Well, and, even I remember that. I'm not too... <laughs> <laughs> I was on there. And then in 2000, we were in Arkansas, and then we went into... We got the... You know, we upgraded to all the new Macintoshes and all that stuff. So... Uh, that still made me 23 years old in, in year 2000. So I was 23 years old when I really started using the internet and functioning things. Yeah. And then it would take me another four years to learn, to kind of master it and start things. And good times, good times. I feel bad though because I feel like like now with the internet, kids uh-huh. aren't having a child like don't get me wrong, like, once I got the internet, my life was, like, changed, and I was addicted to it. Like, I was literally addicted to the internet when I first got it. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I can do anything on here. Oh, my God, right. you know? But I had my child when I was little. I went outside and played. Right. I got dirty and did this and that. Kids nowadays, they don't want to go outside. Like, Jaden doesn't want to go outside. The girls, they, they don't like to go outside. They go out, When they're at home, at their, at their dad's house, they will go outside. Because they don't have Stephanie anything to do. Stephanie doesn't want to go outside because she just... Is like me. She doesn't like to be outside. Like a homebody kind of thing. When she was little, she'd go outside though. But she's fourteen now, so that's different. But, right. But like when they're at my, at my house, they just want to sit there and play video games or go on the internet. And it's like, you're you know nine years old. Go play. Be a kid. They don't I know, play you actually toys. have a child. Really. They don't even play with toys. They just mm. all they want to do is watch TV and play on the internet and play the PlayStation on the Wii. Well, Jaden still plays with his his action figures. Yeah. Um. But the majority yeah, but of these the, are those are cool. They're collectible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the majority of the time, and it's well, he does. He plays his his video games. He loves video games. But I would say the majority of his time, he's on the internet. But he's creating. Yeah. He's making his websites. He's making he's making his animation. You know, he's doing stuff. Yeah. So he's still being creative, which is imaginative. Which kind of falls hand in hand with being a childhood. That's your imagination. I just think kids should play outside. Like, I know, I don't know. I feel like when you're little, you, you need to play outside when you're little. Like, real little. Like, not really, really little, but. <laughs> yeah, Cody. But. He had to make his, his presence know. noticed. I know when I have kids, like, I don't want them to go on the internet until they're at least 10. Well, Jaden is addicted. And Zoe, who is 17 months old, can take my smartphone or her mom's smartphone, unlock it, and go to YouTube <laughs> and find Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and wow. watch it by herself. Now, I don't know if it's... And I, I was actually talking to, to Terry about this today, in fact. I don't know if it's... She, she recognizes the symbols of letters to know M-I-C is the beginning of Mickey. Mickey. But she hits M. She knows Mickey starts with an M. And because we've been on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse so many times, yeah. it pops up. So she knows. Yeah. And she's it's 17 crazy. months old. It's crazy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> technology is, is a great thing, but at the same time, it, it could be a hindrance. Um, you know, it's funny because my mind kind of shoots to um, Wall-E. Yeah. You know, we're... Oh. Yeah, we're, we're... You know, humans, they're all just... 
morbidly obese. Yeah, you know, and they're floating around on their little thing, and the robots are doing everything for them, and I see that. Yeah. I really see so that. I see it, too. Because yeah. it's, it's such a strong possibility, especially with all the things going on nowadays where everybody can just do everything from one spot. You don't have to lift a finger. Well, I mean, technically, shit, you don't even need to go to the store you anymore. Can, you, can you can order your food online. You can order groceries online. That's what I'm saying. You can order animal food online. You can order anything you need online to have it sent to you. You don't have to leave your house. You and can get you know, a job and work from home online. And you know that... Um, Amazon is coming out with the same day delivery. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And I know that's probably going to, you know... Cost a lot. Cost, yeah, so much it's feeling like you're passing a stone. You know, but <laughs> it's going to become available. And literally, maybe if four to five hours after you say, okay, I'm going to buy that in your house, you know, <laughs> it's going to be there. That's crazy. Eventually, now, now this would be cool. Eventually, somehow they're going to incorporate working from your own home because it would be cost effective on a company to not have a building. They just work from home. Yeah. You know, for example, because, you know, during the weekend, I'm the EKG monitor technician. I'd be sitting on my laptop watching EKGs. I, I see something, pick up the phone, call the hospital and say, you know, room such and such is doing this. I wouldn't even have to. Oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a future we live. Mm-hmm. All you would need would be, like, say, like an IP address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're good to go. You be- <laughs> because, again, like, um, again, kind of referencing it to the medical field, doctors now don't even have to go in to, to do orders mm-hmm. they have an application I was shown by one of our neurologists he has an application on his phone that most doctors have and he just type in the application okay CBC in the morning CMP in the morning do this now give them this type of medicine hit send it goes straight to the server to the hospital I work at and it pr- comes up on the emor. Oh, wow. and it's called POM and the doctor doesn't even technically, um, you know, they're supposed to walk, you know, look in and actually assess the patient. But in reality, most of them don't. They just do everything off their phone or get online and, and put in their orders. And you don't have it. to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> For reals. <clears throat> you know, you, you've got WebMD. Okay, let's see. Your symptoms are this. Let's match it up. Okay, pop that in. Good to go. Yep. That's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, but that's the that's the type of society we're living now. I don't know. It, it's like I said, it has its pros and cons. Yeah, definitely. This has been absolutely, without a doubt, the most techiest episode we've had. But on the upscale, it's not as chaotic as our last episode. I forgot our last episode. Last episode was a bomb. Was it? Yes. Yeah. No. No. Was it? No, was it? No, we did. We did one more episode after that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember because, well, I I, I do a lot of episodes. Plus, I do all the, the editing. Last, and... The last episode we had was when Zoe was being crazy because mom was so cray cray. <laughs> oh, that's right. I called her. I called that episode babysitting. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so the episode before that one. Um, I called it Family Ties, and that's the one with Mom. Oh, yeah, okay. it was the one. Yeah. 
very chaotic. <laughs> very fun to listen to. I listened to it a couple times. All right, boys and girls, that's it for this week. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Loughran. And I'm Aaron Oach. If you find yourself still on AOL 2.0 in the year 2013, by God, you might be seeing red. Good night, folks. And that was Seeing Red, episode number 15. And, you know, you, it's funny because you can always listen and tell. When it gets, when they get super techy, I'm like, durr, 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 you know. So it's always kind of nice to sit back and listen to a Seeing Red without my fat ass yapping for an hour. So, there you have it. Hope you all enjoyed. And that's it for this week for Flashback Fridays. I hope you enjoyed for the almost three hours of audio entertainment. Come back next week and I'll pull out the Wayback Machine and we'll do it all over again. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. I've got to part this bad boy and I'll see you next time right here on Flashback Fridays. Good night and have a great week.